All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. And Andrew. Yes. What's your favorite scary movie? Actually, I can't remember what she says in response to that. Uh, I don't remember either. Oh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, yeah. and that's a solid one, too. Robert England's yeah. as just a classic, and you can't do that. I was actually watching the um, James Rolfe's retrospective, The uh, Cinemassacre, um, during my wonderful Saturday nights of sitting at home and playing games while watching YouTube videos at the same time, I worked my way through a lot of the retrospectives on Monster Madness, and <laughs> he's great. I love James He is Rolfe. great. He's awesome. He is the original, just like, YouTube video game personality, and yeah, his shtick is kind of... It's run its course by now of the angry gamer playing bad games, but he was the first, and he's never been involved in any sort of scandals. Like, you know, there was the whole pro-Jared thing that happened. Oh, yeah. Two best friends play, they just kind of got ripped apart. And But no, the only thing about him that has ever been in a scandal directly related to him was the time that um, he took a diarrhea dump in someone's ear without consent. <laughs> but uh, other than that, that was, that was well, it. Well, there was actually, there was back when the... Um... This isn't really drama, but there was when that new Ghostbusters movie was coming out. And he, oh, yeah. He posted that video that was just like, I'm just not going to see it because it doesn't seem appealing to me. Yeah. And got, everyone was just like, he hates it because he's a misogynist. And it was just like, what? Uh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, ridiculous. Mike Matei, you know, did that whole thing where he showed his penis to everyone. But beyond that, that wasn't him. That, that wasn't Rolf. That was, that was, that was motherfucking Mike. Uh, yeah. So... But yeah, the Ghostbusters thing was ridiculous, because literally it was like the least offensive review ever. He was just like, yeah, just personally, doesn't interest me. If you guys want to go see it, go ahead and see it. I hope it's really good. I hope you really enjoy it. But it just, I didn't like the trailer. I think it looks really bad, and that's that. And I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen the new Ghostbusters. Oh, you haven't? No, I went and saw it in theaters. It was... It what? I don't... Was it as disappointing as this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like that, Ghostbusters, this film, and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, uh, not, not not the original Secret of the Ooze, but the newer, the new Michael Bay ones, might be uh-huh. the three movies where I, I was just sitting there in the theater and just, like, I felt like I needed to leave, and I just <laughs> kind of, like, disappointed in my life in the fact uh-huh. that I was there. What have I done to lead me to this point? So, well, let's get started then. Um, so, my name is Dan. And I'm Andrew. And we are two friends who met over teaching in South Korea, and we bounded over our love for horror movies, so we decided to start a podcast together, which is this generation's version of Starting a Bar. Hey, man, we should start a podcast together. So every two weeks or so, we get together, we review, talk about a horror movie, and just kind of, you know, chat a little bit for a while. And uh, that is pretty much the gist of this show. This week, we are going to be talking about The Predator, the very, very latest one, 2018, I believe it was, yep. or 2019. 2018 because uh, it came yep. out last summer yep 2018 science action film directed by shane black of iron man 3 fame and what else has he done uh he did uh the the nice guys which is actually an awesome movie he did leap yeah Wolfen. that was a good one. Oh, kiss kiss bang bang that was mm-hmm. that was good he was also Laugh- in the original predator uh-huh yep he wrote the monster squad i didn't know that that's good and last action hero which was a very underrated movie i love oh, that, I love that movie, movie. Uh-huh. that's sick. a good one but yeah, he played Rick Hawkins in the original Predator. He came back for this. Um, uh, uh, how would you consider this? This isn't a sequel. It's kind of standalone. 
It, no, it's, it's a sequel. It's a sequel? Yeah. Okay. It, every um, Predator 1, 2, and AVP movies take place in this universe. Oh, okay, gotcha. Well, this is your choice. This is your baby, so I'm going to have you geek out about this one. Why'd you select this movie for this week, Andrew? Okay, so I selected, like, so growing up, uh, just kind of with the Alien movies, I was obsessed with the Predator franchise, uh, probably because Alien vs. Predator, the video game, kind of got me into that uh, crossover there. Um, and I was obsessed with the series. Like, I'd, I'd seen all the Predator movies, I, like, played all the games, I had the Predator, um, I have, like, a Predator mask, actually, on my, uh, my bookshelf that I got at a convention, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and... I was really excited for this movie. Like I had, uh, I'd seen, you know, I'd seen the first three. Um, thought they were pretty good. I think the second one is pretty good. That you know, people hate it. I think a lot of people have said like, people were excited for this movie. People were saying like, oh man, it's gonna be the actual Predator two, and uh-huh. it's like uh, Predator two is a good movie. Shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> Predators was all right. I thought, you know, I think yeah. it was terrible. Um, I thought it was pretty well done. I tried to watch it again maybe last year because I wanted to see what it was like and. I couldn't get through it, but it wasn't bad. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, the big, my, my, my biggest thing with Predators was just Topher Grace is not intimidating at all. And they made the same mistake with Spider-Man 3 with Venom 2. I just, I couldn't buy him as an antagonist. I also had trouble buying Adrian Brody as like this like yeah rough voice, like Christian Bale-esque like, uh-huh. action hero. It was just really weird. I, I couldn't, couldn't get behind that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought it was an interesting concept. Like, I think... Like there's, I I've read a lot of the Predator books and the Elmer's Predator books and like the, the expanded lore of it, and I mm-hmm. thought that played really well into it. The idea of them like capturing things and creating like this hunting preserve is like a, a plot of a lot of those kind of comics of them collecting things and like putting them into a situation to fight and to hunt. Yep. And I thought that was kind of, it was very in line with the mythos, very canon. It felt like, um, while I feel like this film is not at all, um, like I think my biggest issues with the movie is the change to canon that it gives. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, like it, it's gone to the point where, like, uh, in the comics and in, like, the, the novels by S.D. Perry, like, the Predator has, like, the name the Yautja. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Yautja. Yautja. Um, it's, like, a, it's the name, like, the, the Predator name for the Predators, basically. Um, and, like, that mythos, that line of their of their history has become, I feel like, so ingrained in kind of the fandom that that is, like, the accepted truth. At this point, it's almost like, you know, the, the original Star Wars kind of expanded universe, where mm-hmm. it's become, like, they fleshed out so much, and it's become so uh, synonymous um, among the different genres, among the movies, the books, and and the video games and stuff, that it's really weird when this movie kind of comes into parts from that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's pause there for a second and talk about that for mm-hmm. a little bit, because I am not um, the biggest Predator fan. I mean, I saw the first two movies. I did enjoy them. I saw Predators. I enjoyed that one. I think I saw AVP and AVP2 at a sleepover somewhere, but I don't remember too much. But, you know, I, I, I didn't buy, you know, Predator helmets or anything at the convention centers like you did, so obviously I bowed down to you for that one. But... Let's just kind of talk about the Predator lore and what separates the Predator from other killer, serial killer, horror movie movie antagonists. Um, you know, what separates him from the alien? What separates him from Freddy Krueger or um, Jason? So, right. Yeah. Well, actually, that's kind of funny that you mentioned those two, because I've always kind of thought the Predator, like, if you know, the Freddy versus Jason, the alien versus Predator side. I always thought the Predator to be kind of more the Freddy analog and the, pre- the Jason to be kind of the alien analog. Because the predator and Jason are both are both kind of more high minded, like they're both like they're both thinkers. I feel like mm-hmm. the pred- 
Freddy, like in terms of the two of them, like the predator is the hunter. He kind of he has technology. He has kind of his horror, his killing is a lot more creative. I feel like mm-hmm. while Jason is very much the alien, he just walks around slashes shit and doesn't. And it's more instinct based. Yeah, Alien and Jason are more instinctual than anything else. They have one goal; they're going to stick to it as much as possible. Whereas, you know, Freddy is—you know—he toys with his victims. He likes messing around with them. And the Predator is, yeah, a little bit more creative. And the Predator does have rules that mm-hmm. he well, follows. He, he, he did. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that later. But yeah, let's—I I guess if we're going to really dive into them, prepare ourselves for the rant later on, we're going to have to talk about exactly what the lore of Predator established before this movie came on in and fucked it up. And spoiler alerts: uh, both of us really didn't like this movie. No, no, not at movie. all. Okay, so Predator is basically a, and once again, stop me if I'm getting any of this wrong, but the Predator is a alien who comes from another planet, and basically their tribe or their species is very, very warrior-esque. They have a sense of honor in that they will not attack defenseless people or pregnant women or anything like that. If, if the victim cannot fight back, they see no sense in killing them, basically. Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. So that's how that goes. Is there anything you want to add on to that? No, I think that they're like, well, like, so yeah, so they, they hunt them. Uh, so yeah, they hunt them. They're, they're a culture that's very much kind of about the hunt. They're kind of an alien species that develops and uh, goes around and collects trophies of those things that they hunt. So they wouldn't hunt something that's defenseless because having mm-hmm. the skull of that, the trophy of that is pointless to them. Like it's all about the ability to fight in this thing and like the throw of the hunt like it's um yeah so it's the most dangerous game scenario exactly yeah that's, that's exactly what they are they're, they're just like big time game hunters basically mm-hmm. um, and their culture is completely uh, developed around that they are very okay. tribalistic they're very uh ice based you know in the expanded universe they're very tribalistic mm-hmm. so in terms of actually let, let's say you were being hunted by the predator mm-hmm. what would you do or what could you do to basically just say hey man listen i'm gonna put up no you're i'm gonna put up no fights what could you do? Have no weapons. And Have no weapons. Curl up in a ball. <laughs> and curl up in a ball, and then they won't get you. Yeah. Cruel. Crazy old predator won't get you. Good. And that's kind of cool, you know, just in terms of horror movie things, that is a legitimate strategy with the predator. Yeah. And well, and like, sorry. Has anyone ever done that in one of the predator movies? Like, honestly? Like, has a human done that on purpose? Yes. Um. Uh... I'm trying to think of it. Um, they they discover it like in in the first movie, Arnold kicks the gun out of out of the woman's hand so that she wouldn't get attacked. Uh-huh. Um, and something in the second movie, nobody nobody just drops their weapons necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the pregnant woman who gets left because she's pregnant. Um, and in the newest in Predators, those Predators are different. They're kind of like a they're of a different kind of tribe so they have different kind of rules and they kind of i think just go for it mm-hmm. and not only that to the environment they've created they know that all of these people are warriors yeah that they've captured and put down so but yeah well, actually when, and i guess there is a scene in Ellen vs. predator where uh charles wayland gets dropped because he has lung cancer <laughs> the predator mm-hmm. picks up and is like oh man nah, you, you you're not good and puts him down mm-hmm. so that happens yep so cool all right so we've got all that taken care of. Uh, let's go ahead and break into the movie. So 
The opening scene of this uh, starts off in deep space, and a Predator craft is basically being chased by some other Predator vessel, and it's this big, weird opening scene where we basically just go into a space chute. Eventually, it does kind of crash into Earth um, in Mexico, and... As it crashes down into Mexico, uh, it's there in the middle of the military is in the middle of an operation, and the main character, whose name I forget, oh my god, Quinn McKenna, McKenna, of course, Quinn McKenna is our main character. He is played by let's Boyd see. Holbrook. Who? Boyd Holbrook. I have, I have no idea who that is. Um, if you've ever seen, um, have you seen Logan? I did see Logan. He was Junior? the villain in Logan. He was, he was the head reaver, um, the oh, guy with okay. the metal arm. That's why I was oh. so excited when I heard that he was in this movie. Cause I'm like, that guy was fucking awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, he was great. <clears throat> yeah, he was awesome in that movie. That was, like, what the hell? Yeah, but he's our he's our stereotypical tough guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. He is a sniper with the American military, uh, with the army, and basically he is conducting this operation um, <clears throat> where there's a hostage and they're trying to secure the hostage. And they're well, like, making jokes about that. They're like, oh man, let's let's. Who wants to place bets on whether or not they killed the hostages already? Yeah. And that... You guys are the worst. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, we'll get into the military guys uh, during the scene later on. But yeah, it's just, uh, there's so much forced humor in here, and it's really, really bad. Um, so the operation goes completely awry because the Predator ship crash lands in the middle of Mexico during this operation. So they managed to get one shot off, and... Other than that, everyone's just a little more preoccupied with the alien. Mm-hmm. The alien comes on out and basically kills one guy, cuts him straight in half, and hangs him up. Um, but long story short, McKenna, after, is able to dispose of the Predator, and the Predator is captured. But in the meantime, um, he also captures a bunch of equipment as well that the Predator has that and goes, oh, what the fuck is that? I'm going to need to report this to my supervisor. And I have a question for you, and this is going to basically bump on later on to the movie mm-hmm. so there are two predators who land on this ship uh, on this planet right well one currently in the film yes okay now this is the predator that's supposed to help humanity save them from global warming right Ye- well no not from global warming but yes okay well we'll save them from the other predator who is coming down to take over after global warming has completely fucked us over yeah kind of yeah, yeah did i understand this movie correctly I thought I got it, but now I don't. I'm not so sure if I did. So, so what, what it is is that um, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that part later. We'll get to the, okay. We'll do, we'll so basically, but this predator at this time who crash lands does not want to wants to help the humans ultimately, right? He is, yeah. He is. He is supposedly the uh, traitor predator who is coming to help humans. Then why the fuck does he kill all the humans? That's that's the, <laughs> like honestly. Well, like like, like so we we get that he crashes. Yes, and for some reason, again, he he ejects an escape pod out of the ship that he is in that is crashing in the middle of the day, and that ship still goes and crashes. Then he crashes an escape pod somehow at night, and he wants to go back to the to the ship that crashed to get the item that is in there. Why did he leave the ship to begin with? Why does he cut that human in half if he wants to help the humans? Well, he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't cut him in half. That happens later. But he does... Uh, he does but he eventually does. Well, my guess would just be that he, like, you know, to give this movie more credit than it should, uh, you know, he does come across a military-equipped guy, and he is in a crash and is hurt, and this guy has weapons and probably doesn't, you know, want to figure out what's going on with him at this point. So he, okay. he may have killed him out of self-defense to begin with. 
Uh, okay. But the second guy he kills, when when Boyt and them appear, uh, I don't know what what to say about that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, at the very end of the movie, it's just like, oh, this poor predator who just wanted to come down and help us out and you know, give us this armor man equipment and everything. And no, no, no. From the very start, he's killing people. So it's just, it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. though there is actually, there's a nice scene in that. Um, so when that body does get cut in half, we do get a kind of cool concept scene where... Um, because Boyd kind of, or not Boyd, uh, Quinn McKenna does hurt the predator that attacks. So they basically, the predator confronts them while they're at the ship, while they're checking mm-hmm. it out. Um, and first off, I hate the fact that for some reason all the predator's uh, tech now is auto-responsive, where if it gets attacked, it attacks back. It kind of takes completely away any agency of the predators from their fight, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this predator gets knocked out by that thing, and it cuts open the body of his comrade. And it, all the blood falls on the predator's face, and you get this cool kind of scene of the invisible predator being covered with blood, yeah, and then kind of showing its body, which uh-huh. would be awesome if it didn't look like shit. If like yeah. for some reason that predator's eyes weren't glowing yellow, <laughs> and like <laughs> the CGs didn't look terrible, um, that would be mm-hmm. awesome. I would have loved that scene. Yeah, there were so many good shots in this movie where like the gore looked really good, but the CGI was not up to par, and I was just like, oh man, that would have been so cool if. It actually looked good, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it bad. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So he gets knocked out. Predator gets captured. Quinn steals um, a gauntlet and the helmet from the predator, and the mm-hmm. gauntlet pops out a little ball, which we uh, get to see later. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. that's. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Do you want to go next? No, you go next. You, uh-huh. you. Uh, well, we're talking about the scene in Mexico next, right? Yeah. At the ma- package. Yeah, I have one thing to say about that, but you go ahead. All right, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll cut that out a little bit to make it shorter. But uh, that's fine. Yeah. So, um, so Quinn basically uh, runs away after uh, the military starts to show up, and he goes to a bar for some reason in Mexico, and after telling everybody to leave with his gun, which I'm sure goes over well, he for some reason approaches the barkeep. And is like, hey, buddy, uh, I need you to ship this stuff to me. And for some reason, he trusts this random barkeep. And the barkeep's like, hell no, like, get away, fuck away from me. So he reveals that that little ball that pops out of the gauntlet is actually the Predator's cloaking device, um, which is new to me. Um, and for some reason, by going invisible and coming back, it convinces the guy to take the device from him. And go ship it to the address. When mm-hmm. in reality, wouldn't that guy just like now that he knows this is an technology? Wouldn't he like run off and sell it? Like, there's so many other things you could do with that. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, it's understand. And then you know, the guy's army. It's I'm sure. Yeah, most of his squad's dead, but I'm sure he's got a chain of command he could follow, or something, or some sort of resource he could use to actually ship it back, um, rather than just some you know CD Mexican post office slash bar slash wherever they were. Oh no, it it's, wasn't a post office at all. It was literally just a bar he walks up to. Yeah. And, it's weird. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, yeah you, you say you had a problem with that? What's your problem with it? Like, well, obviously there's a lot of them, but... No, I, I just the fact that, you know, he basically reveals this alien technology to this random Mexican dude and says, well, this is the way to intimidate. Like, there's so many other ways they could have gone around it without being that, because, yeah, definitely, I would have been convinced that this guy wasn't going to send that at all, and he was just going to send it to the cartel or something, so... Yeah, well, also, how does he know how to use the cloaking device? We never see him, like, learn how to use it. I mean, that I could kind of understand. Well, no, no, he he can't understand avian technology because he's not autistic. 
And that's that's a very key, important part of this, this story. That is, I kind of fucking hate this movie, and I'm going to rant about that. Oh, yeah, please, on, yeah, please do. Um, oh, but yeah. Also, so um, during this time, we also uh, meet our human villain, kind of. I don't, he probably should have been the human villain, but then rewrites probably changed that. Um, but um, we meet uh, Chris Traeger, uh, who is the leader of this kind of black ops team, I guess you'd call it, or like other governmental force. Who is, is his name? First name really Chris? I believe so. That's the Parks and Rec guy. Chris Trigger. Oh, fuck. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his first name's Will Trigger. Chris okay. Trigger. <laughs> oh, God. It'd be so good. We'll just Sorry. call him Trigger. Right. Okay, yeah. Trigger. Um, and he basically, um, basically shows up after uh, Quinn runs away with his group, and he's like, all right, guys, the Predators are here. Let's go take care of them. And so he's part of a group that knows about the Predators. I believe they're called like Project Stargazer or something like that, I think mm-hmm. is their organization's name. Yep. Um, and he has an issue with smoking because he is eating the correct gum like it is fucking candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is his character. He chews fucking gum and scenery the entire movie. Um, and I believe he's from uh, This Is Us. And he, like, he's actually a good actor. Like, I actually really, when I first saw his character, I was kind of excited to see where they went with him. So I think he was a lot of wasted potential. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown. He was in People vs. A.J. Simpson, This Is Us. And he was in American Crime Story as well. So I haven't seen them in any of that. I have not seen any of those three. But yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, cool. it's weird too because like he gets out of the helicopter and he's like, all right, guys, these are predators. They're going to hunt you and kill you and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, did they not know what they were doing when they came there? <laughs> like, like, what? First off, like, who signs up for this? And second, like, how did you know this was a predator? Like, how do you... He... He he went to the Suicide Squad School of Exposition, where whenever they get out of a helicopter, or they get into the helicopter, they have to shout exposition. Yep, that's that's how they teach it. That's yeah. So at that Suicide School of Exposition, God, all right, yep. good, yeah. So, yeah. all right, so that happened. Yep, um, and then we cut to the school, and I think you would love to talk about school. <laughs> so first off, the sign in front of the school says "Welcome Parents and STDs." And I'm assuming that's an abbreviated form of students, but I spent seven years in education at the elementary level, and I literally paused at that scene and started looking online like, STDs? Is that an acronym I'm not aware of in education? And I looked around, and I was just like, okay, that is students, testing, development, no, that's not going to work. And I just kept going back to, you know, sexually transmitted diseases, and I'm just like, what is this word? No, it's just an abbreviated form of students. Well, I think it's, I think the idea is that somebody like messed with the sign, I think is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like somebody, really? fucked, somebody fucked with the sign, I think was the intention. I didn't get that at all. Oh, I, I assume that it was supposed <laughs> to be foreshadowing for our, our, uh. Bully character? Yeah. I, I, if that's uh-huh. what we call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just, I looked at that for a while and I was just like, what, what does that acronym stand for? But okay, yeah, I guess I could buy that. But I, even then, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I'm sure what it actually was, was fucking, um, who's the director? What's his name? Shane Black. Yeah, Shane Black just thought it was fucking hilarious and put it in. Yeah. Like, this thing, <laughs> I, like, like shit. Like, I love The Nice Guys. I think that movie's amazing. I think mm-hmm. that, and I actually really like Iron Man 3. I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck Shane Black's doing with this movie. Like, I think he just thought he was being funny as shit, and, like, it just didn't land. Mm-hmm. It was no, just, not at all. Everything, ugh. Okay, but yep. keep going. Yep. So we uh, meet our next character, and what is his name? Rory. Boy. I'm sorry? Rory. Rory. So let me find this real quick. He's played by uh, Jake Trembley, who's uh, from, like, uh, that... Uh, he's from Room, and he's from uh, the the one of the face... Um, 
with the kid who has the he has uh, not aphasia. He has a he has that issue where his face kind of wonder, oh wonder, wonder. yeah wonder. wonder that's the one yeah he's the one with the uh, disfigured face right there yeah um so he is uh, basically uh, our child actor mm-hmm. in this and one. Not only is he absolutely terrible in this role, it's really, really, really bad. But two, one of the biggest plot points in this movie is the fact that he has autism. And once again, I spent seven years at the elementary level working in education. I am very, very familiar with working with autistic children. And I was actually, like, really offended by this movie and how it depicts autism. Oh, yeah. It uses the most lowest of the common denominator, you know, random tics, uh, social cues, uh, fixation on... Um, little things like at one point uh, someone makes fun of him by saying oh you know you haven't washed your hands five times or he has to set up the chess boards in exact pieces but they also make him out to be this massive massive savant as well it, 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 it's like Shane Black watched Rain Man and said exactly. yep that's it got it 100% got it in one and then there's a character later on who has Tourette's, and of course the character just swears all the time. And it's funny, because, ha-ha, Tourette's, what is this? You know, back in the 90s, it's uh, the depictions of, you know, mental conditions is just very, uh, I, I didn't appreciate it at all. Yeah. Um, so Rory is there, and of course he has got autism, so somebody has to come in and bully him. So the two bully characters come on in, and the fire alarm goes off and Rory does not like loud noises, which is authentic. Most people on the spectrum do not like loud noises. And he basically curls up into a ball and just tries to get the loud noises out. Well, the boys come on over, knock all his chest pieces over and basically just start taunting him for the longest time. God, those bullies. Yeah. And I just, it felt so fake and so Hollywood to me. Oh my gosh. Um, one of the things I really, really do love about the younger generation, I mean, I'm in my 30s, but the younger generation, especially when I was working in a school, is uh, people are a lot more accepting mm-hmm. nowadays of not only mental conditions, but societal conditions as well, and just, you know, characteristics of someone. Um, you know, that I would, I would, for example, I was um, DMing for a D&D game for kids over the uh, weekends, and... One of the boys did have autism, and he his social tics were basically just he liked to lay out a little meow noise every um, 15 or 20 seconds or so. And, you know, he was a little bit socially awkward, but beyond that, he was, you know, completely functional. Um, a little bit obsessive with necromancers, but, I mean, who isn't? So... The other two boys at my table, um, they noticed that something was a little bit different about him. So I asked, you know, this boy's mom, I said, hey, I used to be a teacher at the fourth grade level. Can I just, you know, deal with this situation and, you know, kind of explain it to them so they understand better? And she said, oh, absolutely. So I did. I sat down and I explained what autism was. I explained exactly what this boy had. And then, you know, I included the boy in the conversation as well. And the other two boys were actually asking him questions and they were really, really curious about it. And the autistic boy came on back and, you know, gave all the information they required. And by the end of it, they all grew closer and they were all more understanding of each other. And that is the norm, honestly. Like, I'm sure there's going to be outliers here and there, but for the most part in my experience in education for me, it's people are a lot more accepting now, which is wonderful. So when this scene came across... (laughs) And we have the laziest bully characters ever just, you know, making fun of him for the laziest reasons and the most stereotypical depiction of autism ever. It just, it really, 
I, I I could sense the Hollywood writer sitting back, writing that scene and going, yeah, I think that's how it is. Yeah. That's where what I saw on TV. That's probably how it is. Yeah. And it's just the very laziest way to take care of it. And, and, and he, that pissed me off. And he's like the worst like 70s era like bullies. Like like we, the first time we see them is them, look, is them looking at the fire uh, uh, alarm. I mean like, oh, you're going to do it? You're going to do it, man? And they do it. Mm-hmm. And like as if like, that's just the coolest thing they could be doing right now. Yeah, at school is hanging out to pull a fire alarm, and uh-huh. like they're at an after-school club at this point. So like these kids are hanging out after school. Like this, they're, 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 they like, don't have to be here. <laughs> yeah, they could be anywhere, and they're doing this. And like, and like you're saying, like, like even like even they're the reason they're bullying him. Like you know, if we were in a time where they, people just bullied people who were, had autism, like mm-hmm. they specifically seek him out and only make fun of him for having autism. Like. Yeah, like they they are like they literally like one of the one of the the uh, jokes, which I'm sure is supposed to be clever, uh, right? Not even like a joke, but the the offensive thing they say is like, "Man, I'm hungry. You know, I want an Asperger because he has Asperger's," <laughs> and it's just like shocking that you're just like, "Holy!" South Park made fun of that a Did decade they? ago. Oh, oh yeah, no, that was an episode where uh, Cartman um, realizes that he could get special privileges for being disabled. So he says he has Asperger's and what he does is he actually sticks hamburger patties inside his ass. And he says, look at me, I've got Asperger's. But on that, like South Park, he was making fun of Cartman for being such a dumbass about it. Yeah. This one, they're trying to play it up by saying, oh yeah, this is how bullies really are. And it's just like, ugh. It's so So, bad. And anyway, um, what I do want to see in my predator movies is elementary school bullying. So, um, congratulations on that, Shane Black. You yeah, did wonderful. Job. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. I also want to see a whole bunch of human characters that I don't give a shit about. And um, I, I also want all the scenes at night to be completely un- unvisible. Just completely invisible. I'm not able to see anything that's said at night. We'll, we'll talk about that later, because it's actually it's yeah. interesting. Uh, <laughs> this, the, the, the last half hour was just a mess for me. Okay. Oh, God. Um yeah, so that's that. We're introduced to Rory. Uh, did you catch that he has autism? Because uh, the movie does not is very very subtle about it. He he has autism. He is very autistic. He is oh man, he is the, he is the most autistic person ever. He's he's fucking Rain Man. He's yep. socially awkward. He doesn't like loud noises, but he's really super secret smart and he's really good at math. And he's the only one in this entire movie that can operate the alien technology. Everyone else is too much of a dumbass too. Yep, which is funny because like also like. He like there you know there are there are very rare cases of of savants with people mm-hmm. with autism but they're usually yeah. like they're very I, I was reading a little about this so I was kind of curious and like they're usually very specific like they they have mm-hmm. one good thing they have one thing that they're good at like yeah like there's I, you know I, I teach I work with some students and we have had students in the past who are on the spectrum and mm-hmm. some of them like he one of the students has a very specific skill where he can memorize he can identify any country on a map. He can draw the map freehand. He can identify any flag. Just like he's insane. Like that knowledge mm-hmm. is something he holds and he has, and it's amazing. But yeah. he can't do math. He can't write. He has very slow reading. Like it's one very mm-hmm. specific thing that he is good at. That his brain yep. is wired. That he has like the dendritic map to access. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know the stereotype or this this characteristic they assign to Rory that you know he is. Um, really, really good with alien technology and really smart and can figure this stuff out. I, I, I've heard the argument in the past by saying, well, is a you know positive stereotype really a stereotype or is it really harmful? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. it absolutely is. And the go-to example I always use is, you know, the, 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 the so-called positive stereotype of Asian people being good at math. You know, that's... 
people, you know, may hear that and say, oh, yeah, I'm really good at math. That's good. But what happens to the one Asian kid that's not good at math? That that stereotype is harmful for them. Well, and what does that and it's, tell people who aren't Asian who want to be good at math? Yeah, exactly. That, too. So, I mean, it's just... I understand this is a science fiction, this is a shitty science fiction horror movie, but I just, this is so lowest common denominator and so lazy, and I just, I, and the actor isn't very good either. He was fine in Wonder, but I just hear he's really bad, and I just, I hate this character. And this, this movie just feels like Shane Black picked, like, he picked that, he picked Tourette's, PTSD, like, a guy with the suicidal tendencies, like, Mm -hmm. he picks all these, like, you know, like, serious issues in, first off, doesn't explore any of them. Mm-hmm. And also gives them, like, the most base, like, look and, like, the most, like, tertiary explanation in depth. Like, it's terrible. And it's a huge part of the plot, too. Like, it's, there's a huge, huge emphasis on it. If it was just like, oh, this is one character, he has Tourette's, like, yeah, I would be offended by it, but I wouldn't be as offended as I was if, you know, the mental illness was such a huge deal the whole way. So it's just... Or the mental condition, but yeah, it's. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this at all. No, it's so. It's really fun. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. So, anyway, let's keep moving. Right. So bullies come in. Uh, bully Rory, and, because, and the teacher didn't fucking take Rory out during the uh, fire drill, which is interesting. He's leaving behind. So great job there. Uh, generally, if you have a student who is on an IEP or a student uh, who you need to be aware of what they're doing uh, as a teacher, you should be checking those things uh, before you leave a room. Uh, anyway, but. So they, they knock over all the chess pieces, and Rory shows how autistically genius he is uh, by putting all the pieces back, because somehow he has a photographic memory of where every single piece on the chessboard was on the six different boards that were there, even though they probably were moving around and wasn't looking and stuff, but whatever. Um, so that happens. Uh, he goes home, um, and we meet our, new, our female lead, Olivia Munn, uh, or sorry, Casey Brackett, who is played by Olivia Munn. Um, and Olivia mm-hmm. Munn, um, I don't know too much about her, um, unfortunately. I think that she... From what I understand, she's a good actress, but I don't think her role in this movie is very good. Um, she's, in my opinion, an okay actress. She was one of those, kind of like Morgan Webb, where she got her start on the G4 network um, and got a, made her way around the gaming circuits for a while back in the early aughts. Um, and then she basically came on in and started um, doing a little bit of TV role. She was on Chuck for a while as a that's, recurring that's guest star. Yeah, um, she was Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse, which no one yes. really liked her. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, no one really liked her on that one. Um, she was in Ocean's 8, mm-hmm. um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, she was in that one. Mm-hmm. Or not Deliver- not Tucker and Dale. Deliver us from Evil, never mind. Well, I thought she was in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Nope, never mind. Um, but yeah, in terms of my impressions of her, she is a discount Angelia Jolie. She is an okay actress. Sometimes she really, really sucks at it. She has zero personality. Um, yeah. I think she was in Mass Effect. I can't I can't tell in this movie if it's her. If it's the, the, like, I'm, I'm going to give her most credit and say that the writing's mm-hmm. terrible because there are a lot of actors in here who I think are very charismatic and just yeah. like shit writing. So I'm going to give that mm-hmm. method out. Um, she was, so the movie, or the scene opens up with her basically walking her dog um, and she gets picked up by uh, members of Project Stargazer who basically say, like, give us your dog, we need to take you, we need to go, like, right now. And she's, like, mm-hmm. she's cool with it. Um, uh, yeah. But apparently, before this was actually a scene um, with the true predator of the cast, um, because Shane Black originally hired a, um, 
he hired an actor who had actually a I can't remember if it was the conviction. I believe he was cited for sexual harassment, or he may, okay. maybe actually been on the on the predator like watch list. And Olivia Munn found out and like was like, I don't want to do scenes with this guy. He's actually like a sexual predator, mm-hmm. and so they cut us scenes out. But apparently, he's supposed to come up and like hit on her. So okay. uh, you know, Shane Black hired a friend who has a record to creep on Olivia Munn in the movie. Basically, do what he did and got in trouble for. Shane Black, I want to have some words with you. Yeah, he's a Canadian. If you are listening to this podcast, my number is 555-704-7300. Okay, so give me a call. Like, it's, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. He, it, yeah he, it was a sex offender that he, he hired to, uh, a registered sex offender. <laughs> and Olivia Munn was like, why am I opposite this guy in the scene where he's basically trying to hit on me? Like, Great job. Uh, yeah, it, it's like it's it's interesting too because you'd think that if he was a sex offender and Shane Black knew about this, he wouldn't hire him to play a creepy guy, but apparently he did. Uh, which is, yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she gets taken. So let's go on. Oh yeah, let's go on to the next scene yeah. where they go to that party um, and Jeffrey Epstein is there and um, basically just reenacting um, the old Greek days and there's just a lot of young boys and togas rolling around. <laughs> I thought that was a very weird. Uh, a shift as well. <laughs> I, the very, very weird flex from you, Shane Black. But anyway, then we cut back to Olivia Munn, and what happens there? Hmm? Hmm? Do we? I, I, I was totally making a joke right there, and I was trying to get you on back. Oh, I'm sorry. Was <laughs> Just it, continue what, was, the was, was it an eyes wide shut joke? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, that's I, I don't know. I, I, I was making a Jeffrey Epstein as a pedophile joke. But, oh, I'm sorry. You know, that's that's kind of been played out for a while. How dare you be you know? original? That was a very, just just like Shane Black with this depiction of this autistic child, Rory, I'm, I'm going for very low-hanging fruit here. But anyway, continue. <laughs> All right, so, um, so after, so leave everyone gets taken away. And this, this is a very sh- short scene. You can tell they obviously edited it down a little bit. Um, but so we cut back to uh, Rory and his mom. Um, and, we, we, you know, to show again that he is autistic and a genius and a savant, uh, he apparently has done all these books worth of, like, extra work that he has he has these books of like exercises and one of them is like spanish and shit so apparently you know they're showing that he's great with language great with math he's he's an overall savant and everything um and we get the scene where basically uh she tries to give him a mask some halloween costume and he's like you know i can't go out because even if i wear a mask will know to me and it's kind of you know the idea of a scene of this kid being self-aware of people judging him and feeling bad about it, it could be sad mm-hmm. and emotional um yeah but nothing else reflects that so it, it just falls completely flat and you're kind of like great mm-hmm. good job I, I I do like the example the mom uses when she pulls out the two masks for Halloween. It's like, okay, so you've got a choice. You can either go as the pirate or you can go as Frankenstein. And then the, he just kind of looks at her and she goes, Frankenstein, you know, the guy who tossed the girl into the lake? I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a very memorable scene. But when I think Frankenstein, that's not, not the very first thing I think of. Also, uh, Shane Black, if you are trying to make Rory the crazy spawn who knows everything, he should have corrected his mother and been like, actually, this Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that to happen, and it didn't happen. I was like, good, but also that like that would have been like the funny thing because it would have been him showing he needs specifics and he impulsively has to correct her. That would have been that would have been like a you know, <laughs> god damn it. Actually, it's Frankenstein. <laughs> like, I have students who do that, who will correct uh-huh. you on minute details like that, because that's that's just they can't not do it. That, that would be that would be the scene right there. Um, but but then we uh, jump back because again this is jumping all over the place and everything's terrible. Yep. Um, to McKenna and McKenna is currently um, basically held by the Department of Veteran Affairs, um, and he's in this room. Um, and Chris Traeger is Chris Traeger. Fuck, Traeger's on the other Traeger. side. <laughs> um, Literally and, uh, the best. He's there and. Basically, they're interviewing him because they want a debrief. But in reality, uh, 
they're just basically trying to get him to admit uh, that he saw aliens so they can first confirm what they know, that he was there, and also then kind of put him in the loony bin and write him off so nobody has to hear about him. Um, so he acknowledges this. He's like, hey, guys, like, you just want me to say the word alien so you can uh, get rid of me. And they're like, yeah, that's what we want. So they <laughs> send him off into a bus uh, basically to go get lobotomized, more or less, is what they imply. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and while and while that happens, again, we cut back to our buddy Rory, because, again, everything in this is fucking terrible. And uh, he gets his father's package, basically. Um, the mail guy comes up and is like, hey, uh, your dad's been paying his P.O. box. Uh, which, again, if you're if you're keeping this P.O. box from your kid on purpose and stuff, you probably should, like, you know, fucking keep up with that shit. Like, he's only... <laughs> it's been, like, a week at most, so it's not like he's been missing payments like crazy. Like, it's not like that caused him to do it. He couldn't just, like, fucking set up a credit card that they can charge. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but Rory gets back the package with the uh, gauntlet and everything. And what did you think about him just kind of playing with the gauntlet and stuff? I had the exact same problem I have earlier. Once again, he because he's autistic, he automatically knows everything about it. And he is 100% Guinean. He's a savant with all this technology. He's, you know, this is, the gauntlet is his muse, and he plays it like a fiddle. It's, yeah, once again, it's just, it's very lazy, very low, close kind of denominator. Autistic kid is good with alien technology. And, and basically, like, this gauntlet that he has, it, like uh, another another thing pops out of it. First, the fucking ball pops out of it. Now, uh, something that looks like a Power Rangers morpher from like the newer seasons, like maybe Power Rangers like uh, Super or Legendary, or whatever, kind of pops out. And this is like a huge MacGuffin later, basically. Um, but Roy ends up playing with it, and somehow it activates, and and we kind of see that it signals the other Predator ship the one that was chasing the Predator ship in the beginning, uh, letting it know where the Predator kind of teleported to. Because the beginning, it, mm-hmm. it goes through a wormhole, it gets away, and now this Predator, the chasing Predator, knows where they are. So it's going to start coming for them, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I would assume... Hmm? Well, yeah, I, I, I was thinking to myself, I would assume that OG Predator, uh, good Predator, would have, you know, disabled that. But then I was thinking to myself, well, maybe, you know, he figured it out and he uh, disabled that again. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, well, they, it's our rats across Ant-Man's van scene <laughs> where just random circumstance kind of kicks off everything. Yeah, well, and they imply later, too, that this device can interface with the Predator, the enemy Predator ship. Because Rory's playing with it at one point, and like the Predator ship uncloaks and all this stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. this pre- are Predator ships? Like, can you access any Predator ship using your gauntlet? If so, why did you not like fuck up the Predator ship chasing you earlier using your little magic gauntlet thing? Like, no, it's obviously because Rory is just amazing at technology, and he's the only one who understands how to hack into other Predator ships. So he understands Predator technology better than the Predators do, basically. Yes, great. That's 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 Great. what that Shane Black is putting forward. It's so so fucking stupid. <laughs> so anyway, he's, he's playing around with that, around with that and uh, alerts the new predator. And we hop back to McKenna, who is put on a bus, um, which is full of who we later call the Loonies, which is basically a group of like disavowed military. So it's uh, a bunch of guys who are fucked up in some way. So we have like uh, one guy named Nebraska, who is played by Trevante Rhodes, and he is uh, somebody who was in trouble for shooting a uh, officer. Um, there's a guy named Coyle who uh, is played by Keegan-Michael Key, which, again, like, you have these good actors, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. in these shitty roles. And he apparently uh, uh, friendly fire shot his own vehicle, his uh, own team. Um, mm-hmm. And he actually ended up shot shooting uh, 
we learn later Baxley, who is played by Thomas Jane, who... Tom Jane? I love Thomas Jane in The Mist. I thought he's he's funny like Scott Pilgrim and stuff when he appears, but apparently he's an asshole. Um, in real life? Yeah. Like, really? Uh, one of my buddies, yeah. uh, apparently, uh, in college, like, met him at a bar, and he's just a fucking ass. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, which, which uh, I, I will always just remember him from Arrested Development, where he just wants his kids back. <clears throat> That's, like, the only thing I remember him from. What? You don't you remember him from The Mist? He was so good in The Mist. Well, I, yeah, but I remember him more from Arrested Development. Oh. It's like, yeah, I love The Mist. I've seen it. We've seen it together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's... Just want my kids back. Yeah. Just want my kids back. He was so good. When I hear Tom Jane, I follow it up with, just want my kids back. <laughs> so yeah, so, so we have, have Baxley with Tourette's, who we can talk about later and how terrible that is. Uh-huh. We have Nettles, yep. who is a uh, Jesus freak uh, Bible knocker. Uh, we have Nebraska. Oh, I said Nebraska. We have Lynch, mm-hmm. who's played by Alfie Allen. So, um, uh, Game the of Thrones end from Game of Thrones. Yep. yep. Uh, and he apparently blew up an entire mountain. I guess is what good for what him. happened. That mountain had it coming. It, this is like one of those movies where like you get like the intro to every single character in the backstory, and then they, like, it's just <laughs> never talked about again. Yeah. Just like, and then you get. Um, Katana, whose sword um, traps the souls of her victims, uh, and then basically McKenna says that he'd advise not getting killed by her. Um, yeah, this, yeah, dude, all the Suicide Squad. This, this is Suicide Squad, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it is just like the brief mention of all these characteristics at the very beginning, and then they basically have no personality later on ever. It's just ugh. Nebraska took that name yeah. out, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to remember Keegan-Michael Key, and that's it. Do you, so. do you think Nebraska is, a, is an attempt to, like, I don't know, lure in Alien fans in, like, that kind of, like, oh, it's Dallas from Alien, and then, uh, again, with Tennessee in Alien Covenant, and they're like, no, it's Nebraska, and you're like, what the fuck? I just assumed they went by Zombieland rules, and he was from Nebraska, and they were just like, all right, we're going to go with that, so. Well, it, it, you know, again, talking about kind of modern jokes and, uh, you know, awareness of culture today and they're like what's your first name gaylord like ah i see why you changed your name it's like what the fuck is that joke gaylord like that's so old and also it's gaylord so like (laughs) like you you wouldn't say your own name the wrong way what the fuck once again shane black is reaching for that lowest common denominator we're we're too hard on shane black who was the writer there they deserve fred decker fred decker fuck you fred decker Fred fred decker is usually great but if you look at fred decker like again he, the, the time period that he was kind of known for, uh-huh. know, he did like Monster Squad. He did Night of the Creeps. So those are the kind of jokes he wrote. But he wrote some Tales from the Crypt episodes. Like he, but then he also wrote Lethal Weapon Four. He wrote what? Lethal Weapon Four. I wonder if that's where him and uh, Shane Black met. I don't know. But, like he wrote Night Could of the Creeps. Be. I love Night of the Creeps. Is so good. And like these uh-huh. jokes would work in Night of the Creeps because it's 1980s and they don't know better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is 2018. <laughs> Like, yep. What the fuck? Times have changed, man. Yeah, times have changed. I, I guess maybe that is like one of the biggest reasons why I found I, I didn't like this film so much. It's just it feels very out of touch. Like, I know you had your problems with the newest Halloween movie, mm-hmm. but I felt at the very, very least they updated it for a modern. Oh audience. yeah, no, definitely. It, uh-huh. Halloween did like, this could not. <laughs> yeah. And then this one was just like, well, let's just do Predator again, and, and the same time period, and the same settings, and everything like that. And it's just like, they wrote it for the same audience back in the 80s, basically. Well, it's, for the exact same audience, without realizing that, you know, society has changed since then, and the people have grown, so. And almost was like they tried to update it, but they just, like, didn't think about it. They were like, 
they're going to take the same base idea, you know, a group of military people in a situation where a predator is hunting them. And you're like, mm-hmm. yep, that's the plot of the first one, kind of the plot of the second one, the plot of the third one. And, like, but they're just, like, everything surrounding that plot, they just, like, fucking didn't even think about. <laughs> they're just, like... Mm-hmm. It was. It's so. They're like, we know we haven't done yet a predator movie in a suburban town. Like, oh, what would that be like? You know, it could be interesting, but let's <laughs> change that completely and fucking come up with like super fucking upgrade predators. That's that's what we need. Anyway, welcome back. Yeah. To okay. Anyway, um, Tourette's guy. Can I talk about Tourette's guy? Go for it. Tourette's guy. Uh, there's a guy with Tourette's. Backslip. And once again. He is the whole thing is he just swears a lot. You know, he just randomly swears here and there and haha, it's funny. That's not what Tourette's is. Tourette's is you have a tick, and a tick is basically something you feel compelled to do over and over and over again. It could be, you know, massaging your hands in a certain way. It could be opening a doorknob three times before stepping through the door. It could be, you know, making a noise. It does not mean that you swear constantly and uncontrollably. And that is a very negative stereotype that a lot of, you know, people or a lot of, that's been permeated a lot by the media. And that just really annoyed me, too, because, again, it's just lowest common denominator. So, mm-hmm. Well, I feel like anyway. also two in this film, it only appears when they want a joke or they want it to fuck up what they're doing. Yeah. Basically. So once again, lowest common denominator. But anyway, so that's our ragtag group of loonies yes. who are going to be our mainland defense against the Predator. <laughs> And then we cut back to Olivia Munn in the laboratory or lab or whatever we want to call it. Um, there is one line mm-hmm. I really did like. I, I think the same um, line I love. Go for it. Yeah. So we go on in and um, they're at the entrance and basically the room that they're in is an elevator that basically moves on down just like the lobby of the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. And the walls start to stretch up towards the ceiling and the guy operating this elevator basically goes, oh, is this room haunted? Is it really stretching? And then someone, I forgot who it was, but says, every fucking time with that joke? Really? And that was just like... I want to know, or I want to believe that that was just the actor saying that to the scriptwriter, and like that was ad libbed, and like that wasn't planned in the script at all, and he was actually just talking to the actor who was making that. Like, come on, guys, be a professional here. But that did get a chuckle. Yeah, out of that me. was I, I wrote that down too. That was like the only. I remember when I saw the movie, that was the only thing that I was just like, oh, that's funny. That's, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yep. Good job. Like that was clever. Because yeah. it was basically just calling out on shitty writing. Yeah. So I like that. So it was a little bit self aware right there. But yeah, they head on down, and Olivia meets our scientist character, who is... Who's our scientist character? He kind of looked like Gary Busey. It's Gary Busey's son. Jake Busey, that's right! Ha ha! Jake Busey. Jake Busey, I loved you in Contact. You were amazing in Contact. But anyway, uh, Jake Busey was there, and he is a head scientist. And basically, his job at this facility is to take a look at the captured predator, who is currently heavily heavily sedated in the middle of this wide-open room. Spoiler alert, that doesn't end well for them. Um, and try and study this alien five try and figure it out. Mm. Uh, at this time, we get two pieces of knowledge about Olivia Munn. Uh, her character, Casey Brackett, is very, very obsessed with aliens. She is an evolutionary biologist. Apparently, she wrote the book on evolutionary biology, which is quite the large book for, you know, what it is. But she does like that. And two, um, she became a scientist because she wrote a letter to the president asking if NASA had any open slots. Because she wanted to meet aliens. Because she wanted to meet aliens. 
And I was just like, okay, well, if you're going to have an origin story for a scientist, sure, that's that's cute, fine. Well, she also but, is apparently ex-military, they mentioned, or like she trained in the military or something. I don't know. They, they tried to give her some backing. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, they, they mentioned oh, one man. thing that she was like, maybe, I made this in the book. I also read the novelization of this because I hoped that it would re- redeem it somehow. <laughs> I tried really <laughs> hard to like this movie. No, it was, it was, it was such a waste of time. Actually, no, I didn't even read it. I got the book on tape because I got a free Audible credit. <laughs> I remember dropping some girl out on date off and turning it on as I drove home and just... It was really sad. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but how was the movie, or how was the book? Bad. <laughs> no, so the, and also, just so anybody knows, there's also a prequel novel for this movie called Predator. Okay. I think it was called, like, something of the Hunted or the Hunters. I don't know. Uh-huh. I bought it, and I threw it away eventually. I never read it. <laughs> I Pred- had every intention. Predatorine. It. it was bad. Predated. Um, but also, just kind of a fun fact. So um, Jake Busey. Um, yes. Jake, do you see a blink his name's Keys in this, uh, his character? Yes. Uh, part of the reference here is actually to Predator 2. Um, in Predator 2, Gary Busey um, was part of a team who was also trying to capture the Predator, kind of a pre-Stargazer, the Stargazer from that series, um, from that mm-hmm. movie. And he was a big character. He kind of helped fight the Predator at the end. I think he died. I can't remember. Um, but they do reference it a little bit. They reference that his father fought the Predator at one point. Um, yep. So it, it is called back to Predator 2. Um, and we do actually see when they come inside... There are some Predator masks and stuff on the walls, and one of the things that is on their wall is the spear that Lex gets at the end of Alien vs. Predator with an alien tail on mm-hmm. it that the Predator gives her. Uh, so mm-hmm. it is tying this into the AVP universe. Uh, cool. Which is interesting, but also raises a ton of questions. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's how we kind of do this. Like, all how dare you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. You know, that's, that's one question I have. But yeah, um, so basically they take care of that. Uh, Olivia Munn talks to Jake Busey or Casey talks to Keys if we're going by character names. And they kind of talk back and forth. We get a little bit more characterization on both of them. And they see the Predator. Um, the Predator is just laying there sprawled on the table. And they're trying basically to analyze him and figure out exactly what's going on with this guy. Um, at this time, do we cut back to Halloween or do we cut to the escape? Um, you mean the, oh, the Predator escape? Uh, well, at yeah. this point, I believe what we see is... Uh, oh, God. Okay, well, actually, first, I have a question for you. What yes. did you think about their explanation of the Predator and the name they came up with? Because in this movie, for the first time ever, really, they refer to these as Predators. Yep. What do you think about that? Um, I do like the running joke, how they kept calling them out on it by saying, well, technically it's not a Predator because it doesn't eat its victims. I was just like, yeah, I got that. So, I don't know. What's your soapbox here? I just think it's fucking stupid. I, it like like the movie Predator makes sense because it is, like the name like the name makes sense for what they are. You know, they're, they're the Predator, and it's what mm-hmm. we call it. But like you know, to give AVP credit, they call them hunters because that's what they mm-hmm. are, and they're like they are hunters. Yep. And in like other books and movies and stuff, when they meet them, they're like it's the thing, it's the Predator. Like, why would they call like you know if they're scientists? When they come with some scientific name for it, wouldn't they come like. And the fact that they're just like, it's not a predator. Like, yeah, what do you think it sounds better? And it's like, what? Like, it's so to bring up that conversation and they're just happy, like, eh. Like, it's a funny joke, but it's also just like, can you guys take anything seriously in this movie? Like, I, you, no, they cannot. Like, it's not giving me enough credibility, like, to care about anything. Because, like, even the, the, the writers don't, don't take it seriously. So why should the audience? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I do like the part where Craig Robinson comes on screen and then looks around and he's just like, what is this? Some kind of the predator? And then just stares directly at the camera and then Will Smith comes on too. And he's like, so this is it, huh? It's some sort of the predator and then stares directly at the screen too. Well, it's like, I think I think that the later scene with the loonies and they say that is really funny. I think that the mm-hmm. one like, no, that's not a predator. You know, like, that, that's, that's funny. And I think she could bring that up once. But to have the scientists and them just decide that it's a predator, like... I think it's a fun thing to bring up yep. and discuss, but the way that it's executed is just terrible. <laughs> yep. Yep. So anyway, uh, long story short, after that, uh, Predator starts to wake up, and he basically just starts to bash at his restraints. I remember, he's in a big open room, like, yeah, there's a little containment cell that they have to go through before they get into the room, but beyond just a couple straps, you know, down in his arms and legs, there's not much going on there in terms of actually holding him down. Um, and the other thing, too, is they keep his equipments right next to him as well. Yep. So when he does eventually break free and move on out, um, I, I do like one scene where someone's trying to hold him down by his shoulders and the predator just kind of moves his head and bites down on his arm <laughs> and just basically almost bites him off. I was just like, dude, what do you think was going to happen? I don't know. It's, that, that scene, again, for me, it looks kind of cool, but it's also like, God, that looks fucking stupid. Like, like, yeah. like it makes sense, but it just looks so bad. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's, once again, that's most of the gore in this movie. Like, I like the idea of it. There is a lot of gore in this movie, but it does. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, it, looks, it doesn't look technically proficient. So. Well, it also like, makes me think, like, I don't know, like... I, I always thought of the Predator, like, in the the way they display them. They, they, you know, they show them very briefly into these guys in big clunky suits, but the previous movies kind of disguise them enough that they look kind of graceful. They look kind of like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, 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 look, they don't look like they're just guys in giant rubber suits. But in this movie, it's... Aside from the giant, this terrible CG predator, this predator looks like an encumbered person in a suit, and it, it shows oh, yeah, all Oh, yeah, definitely. Time. It's terrible. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, it looks real bad. Yeah, and, well, and part of the reason that yeah. the predator's freaking out right now it wakes up is because the other predator has arrived, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And it is like flying over, and uh, it signal, it kind of sets off their uh, air monitoring alarms. So the predator wakes up and starts going crazy. Um, but before that, we mm-hmm. actually get to see the predator... <laughs> Uh, the new predator we're going to meet in a little bit in his ship, fucking talking, and mm-hmm. uh, in this this movie does something that I hate, and it translates predator talk, and it fucking shows their little like red script on the bottom of the ground, like on the bottom of the screen, the subtitle, and then it translates it in English, and what the fuck, like yeah, like it, it's I, I can't tell if they just didn't trust their audience enough to understand what the predator is doing because like they have the predator being like. Moving its hands, doing some things, so we understand. Oh, the predator's doing something, and it it's after this other predator. We kind of we are we already infer that, or maybe don't tell us. Don't have the predator say like traitor and shit. Maybe make mm-hmm. it a show. Like, what, <laughs> don't tell. Maybe don't even show or tell. Make it a surprise when the predator attacks the other predator later. Make it seem mm-hmm. like maybe he's you know maybe he's like coming to get him. You know, like yeah, get a little Terminator two thing coming around. Yeah, I like that. But no, yeah. no, uh-huh. we have to have him be a traitor and like oh fuck, the predator's coming for that predator. Like mm-hmm. why? I, I sorry that that's I, that kills me yeah it's so stupid it's like that would have been a good idea you think that you know oh shit he's coming to help out his friend but no there's actually the predator is good and that would you know be a surprise because you know with the good predator killed all those humans at the beginning of the movie so and yeah. like, again like you know an alien predator like I, it's weird mm-hmm. to use an inverse predator as an example of something of it doing it well <laughs> but like <laughs> the predator interacts with lex for like a nice half an hour of that movie and uh-huh. they don't talk, and it works out, and you just and you see the predator jump back and forth. You see them doing things, and you just assume what they're doing. Like they, Paul Davis Anderson, he, I think he's a terrible writer. The Resident movies get turned to shit later, but like at least he gave the audience enough credit to realize that like 
oh, maybe if we just, like, have them doing things, they can infer what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. god damn it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Predator starts, Good. I'm just going to call him Good Predator from now. Good Predator starts to break out, and as he's doing so, kills a whole bunch of people. Um, but yeah, you know that he's he's captured, he's breaking out. I can understand a little bit of collateral damage they on that. End. Yeah, they did. Um, and once again, speaking of a shit, it's literally right next to his table. So like, he just walks on over and picks it up like ten feet away, puts on all of his weapons and armor and everything, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire laboratory is just in complete shutdown, panic mode. Olivia Munn starts to run out, and she basically stays in the decontainment while the process is working because she's unable to get out of it until the computer tells her to remove all her clothes. Like, literally, it says something like, shed all external clothing to continue, or something like that. Mm. And I'm just like, that's one advanced computer. Because yep. no one's manning at that point. That's so, the point. Uh, yeah. So we got that. Um, she's completely naked, and the Predator does come out into the containment. So she kind of cowers in a corner, and Predator basically just looks her over and in a Predator lore-accurate moment decides to leave her alone because she's absolutely no threat. Though it does kill every fucking scientist in the room before. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> in that one particular instance, for that one time, you know, it's, it's, it's accurate lore 1, not accurate lore 99, but... So that's how that goes, and the Predator escapes the laboratory. And the Predator escapes the laboratory, and the stupid... It fucking picks up an assault rifle (laughs) and, like, spray shoots people with it. It's like... It's... Like... I don't really consider Predator movies to be horror movies, but I do think you should still respect your monster by just not showing them in your face all the time. And Mm -hmm. just having the Predator walking around midday holding a... Like a... An assault rifle just looks stupid as shit. Yep. Like, this movie just made Predators feel stupid. Like, it, it made it... Like, I imagine maybe it's how people feel, like, who aren't into this stuff when they see me, like, watching movies. And like, oh, man, look at this nerd and the stupid shit he's looking at. I feel like <laughs> I understand what people feel like when now when they see me watching Predator movies and loving it because now I see what it looks like to look like something that looks like shit. Uh-huh. Like... Yep. It looks so... I, it's so stupid. He just, like, mows them down with a gun and walks away. Oh, and yeah. while he's there, uh, he finds a mask... And this bothered me, because he finds another mask that looks exactly like the mask he had to begin with. And in every Predator movie we've seen so far, they have different masks. And so somehow they already had obtained the same Predator style of mask and put it in a display case. And... Was that in the prequel novel? Oh, maybe. Fuck. I don't know. I, I didn't read it. <laughs> God damn it. Maybe, maybe Shane Black has covered everything. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Dude, shit, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Shane Black covered this already. Maybe in the novel even explains autism and how it actually functions, and we're just idiots. I should go read it. I should go dig it up out of the trash can I threw it in some years ago. Actually, what's that? No, okay, never mind. Never mind. I, I have some Elmer's Predator books on my bookshelf, but not, not that uh-huh. one. Not that one. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so then we cut to the outside of the facility, um, where our other two groups of characters decide to come and meet. Uh, Olivia Munn basically escapes the facility. She puts her clothes on, and very important there. And she's in kind of like, I guess it's like a power generator area. There's lots of pipes and It's on the roof. They never quite explain what it is, because theoretically they're they're just at like a... Like, to me, actually, it looks like it's something that was reshot, honestly. That's what I have in my notes. It looks like a very put together set for a reshoot of her running like because yep. it, it looks very like there's not much depth to it it looks like there's on like a green screen with some things in the foreground i'm curious mm-hmm. if that's part of it because this movie had extensive reshoots 
this movie like got yeah. delayed a lot and had a lot of reshoots. Um, we can talk about that mm-hmm. later. And I think that's what that was one of the situations. But uh, so she's yeah. running on top of this roof with a trank gun, basically uh, chasing after the predator who's on the roof because Keys told her to. Keys was got stabbed or something, was bleeding, and it's like go get him. But we never see Keys again, so who knows what can happen to him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so she's chasing them. Uh, meanwhile, the loonies uh, have decided not to get lobotomized and have taken over the, the truck uh, by making a bunch of jokes that enraged our men, guy of Tourette's to the point that he attacks the other members, which causes the guards to come in, which allows them to disarm them and take over the bus, mm-hmm. which is fucking terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So we got that. I, there is one scene where they do zoom in on a couple of the military guys there, um, and one of them does say, get to the chopper, and that gave me a chuckle, because I was just like, hey, hey, I get that. That was in the original. I, I hated that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, because basically they, they're on the bus. Um, they start chasing down the predator. They see, they see the predator, and the guy's like, dude, let's go fucking chase the predator down in our in our bus. Uh, and so they come, they start shooting at it. Olivia Vaughn jumps on top of the... Uh, bus to chase after the predator as well, and ends up literally shooting herself in the foot with a trank gun, which is mm-hmm. a great way to make your female character seem strong and empowered. Um, yep. And yeah, so they hop off the bus uh, after the predator gets away, and yeah, um, Nebraska says, "Get to the choppers," which they're referring to motorcycles in this case, and it's yep. the most forced line ever. There's actually another great forced <laughs> line where, um, and I believe the second one as well, but in the first one when Arnold first sees the predator's face, um, and actually you know Danny Danny. Uh, Dan of Danny, what his name? Donald Glover. Uh, Dan Glover Danny definitely Glover. says it too in the second one, where he says, "You're one ugly motherfucker." When he sees their face, and mm-hmm. Olivia Munn, after meeting the predator for two seconds, goes, "You're one beautiful motherfucker." And it's again it's supposed to be like, "Ha ha ha!" But it's like that's fucking stupid. <laughs> First off, no one would think that. I, even, I get you're supposed to be a scientist, and that's showing that she's a scientist because she loves it and looks so cool. But no, it's fucking mm-hmm. stupid. She wrote a letter to the president. Like she's a scientist. Like, you know who I would see saying that? I would see the biologist from. Uh, Prometheus saying that and mm-hmm. I would buy it because when he sees the little like trilobite alien and he tries to touch it and stuff like it, you see the wonder and the awe and yeah. with, it, that line just felt so forced and so bad it was terrible. just like this get to the choppers line so forced so yep. bad <laughs> okay well it gave me a chuckle well, you, I, I didn't say I heartily laughed at it but I was just like Haha, I, I see what you're doing just know that I, 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 I hated you the moment you chuckled <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, Olivia Munn teams up with this ragtag group of loonies, and they basically escape at that point. I don't think anything else happens in that scene besides just a whole bunch of mediocre action. Yeah, they escape. The predator escapes, jumps in the back of some car, cuts a guy's hand off, gives a thumbs up, looks like shit, and oh god, can we talk about that for, for a minute? It. Oh my god! So yeah, the predator jumps in the car, um, and he is in the back, um, and it's one of those uh, trucks that basically you do a little sliding door to make a little window into the back. Um, and someone's driving in the front. The predator kills everyone in the back. The guy in the front seat basically just goes, "Oh hey, I heard some commotion back there. You guys okay?" Predator chops off a guy's arm, puts him in a thumbs up position, sticks the arm through with the thumbs up, and then closes the door. And the driver just goes, "Oh, all right, whatever." Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, once again, what type of movie they're trying to make? Well, it's, like, it's so forced. Well, it makes me, the question is like, does the Predator know what a thumbs up means? How does it know what a thumbs up means? Yeah. Well, okay. So that does I can buy. Because don't they, we've never gotten that before. Don't they study their prey though? No. Like if any alien or any sort of thing, like, you know, alien is running basically purely on instinct, but the predator, I could see them, you know, try and study their prey before they actually go on kill. Cause they want to know everything about it. They want to so study the thumbs up. I, 
I, I, I could see them understanding a little bit of human physiology and human, uh, you know, uh, cultural norms and everything to see if they would get an edge on that. I could buy that. Is it a good excuse? No. But it's something but that I makes you wonder, okay, so if then if it knows these things, then when it woke up and it wants to save humanity and apparently can understand English, why didn't it do something? Why didn't it, like, because stick its hands up? Because it's a terrible like, movie, hey, that's why. Or like, I don't know. Listen, man. Listen, I I, I can't block all of these shots right here. These these balls are block coming them. at me at a block million them. miles an hour, and I can only maybe just get a, a single one or two. But that's block it. <laughs> all right. So yeah, that happens. That's fucking that happens. Um, and so he gets away, and the loonies go and hide in a hotel, um, like a motorcade, yes. basically, right? Like a motor hotel. Do, do we get our Halloween scene after this? I think we go into the Halloween scene after that. Uh, before the hotel, because the Halloween scene's happening. Okay. That's what gets him out of the hotel. Um, so it's okay. a big hotel. Uh, Casey passes out because she shot herself in the foot with a tranquilizer. Um, mm-hmm. And the loonies are there. Uh, at some point, um, uh, Hallbrook, Boyd Hallbrook, trades the choppers for an RV. We don't see that happen in the movie, but it does happen in the novel. So that, you know how they get an RV later when they have one. You're wondering where it comes from. That's what's supposed to have happened. Um, uh, and we get this weird scene with Trevon, not Trevon Bay Roads, um, with Nebraska. Where we learn that Nebraska, uh, he was the one who was in there because he shot a an official. He shot uh, a superior officer, and we learn that he actually shot himself. And he, mm-hmm. um, and they they touch on it a little bit. They they ask him like, you know, why did you do that? Should I be worried? And he's like, I don't know why I did it, and you shouldn't be worried. We're fine. Oh, uh, well, he doesn't do that. He actually puts a CG uh, cigarette out on his tongue. But you get the implication that Trevante is not Trevante. But I keep calling him Trevante Reds. Um, Nebraska's character. Is has depression and is suicidal, mm. and that is his condition. We have Tourette's, we have yeah. Asperger's, we have suicidal or depressed. It's like they were going for they saw annihilation and they thought to themselves, "Let's include that," but then they just didn't do anything with that. Yeah, well, beyond they, it, like it has no bearing on the plot. Well, there's the ending. Besides, they're just which I, I didn't realize until this yeah. watch through that, that may have been his. It rhymes. That, I, I honestly, I think we'll talk about that, that later. It rhymes, mm-hmm. and I only thought of that this third time seeing it, uh, the second time seeing it actually, and I was really sad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so while they're there, uh, Olivia One wakes up, and they all kind of interact. Uh, we get that scene again where they where she calls it a predator, and they're like, "That's not really a predator; it's more like a, more like a hunter." Uh, which I think that is the funnier use of that line. I guess mm-hmm. I guess the previous one had to exist for this to be set up. Um, yeah. But basically, they tell her that, like, hey, you know, they're after us. They're after you because Olivia Munn, when the Predator was attacking, she stole this vial of uh, fluid that she was really interested in because they claimed from the Predator they wouldn't let her see. And for some reason now, they're going to kill her, which they never really explain why they're going to kill her. They're just like, they're going to kill you because you know too much. But it's like they pulled her in to help them and to know. So why would they kill her? No, I, I, I don't get it. But maybe you know maybe maybe Boyd was just really smart and he was just getting her on their side like that maybe that was it mm-hmm. but the logic doesn't make sense um, and we get another Tourette scene with uh, Thomas Jane do you do you want to talk about that terrible Tourette scene it's the same old shits where he gives you know just starts swearing and. once again it's just it's a very baseline thing but what happens because of the swearing nothing. Yeah. He just he just says eat your pussy, and yep. then she asks him, "Did he say that?" Like, no, no, I didn't say that. It's played as a joke, and it's like, first off, it's offensive. Yeah. And secondly, like, what is the joke that? It's 
you know, hey, swear words are funny, ha ha ha, and it's just, yeah, it's, once again, I was just like, this, 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 yeah, just does not feel like a Predator movie. Yeah. Does not feel like a Predator movie. It's, it, it's yeah. Um, but then this is when we cut back to Rory. Uh huh. Um, and so we cut back to Rory, and he is taking the helmet. Um, he's taking the helmet, and he puts it on his face. And we kind of get, we learn earlier that the Predators kind of use helmets to communicate. For some reason, the Predator can put on one helmet and see through another helmet, even if they're not mm-hmm. protected that helmet, or even if that helmet came from somewhere else. It's how it works now. Um, and when Rory puts on the helmet, he somehow accesses, like, Predator 101, and we see, like, this terrible CG of predators basically modifying another predator by injecting them with things. Um, yep. Which is, I thought was telling of what this movie was about, but apparently, like, they didn't think the audience knows yet, because when they say it later what it is, it sounds like a big reveal. <laughs> and I was like, did we not know that? I'm pretty sure we know that, because this scene shows that. No, it's like it's like the translation um, where they didn't think we were going to get it, so they included it the second time around back during the reshoots just to make sure we really got it, like make sure we really really hammered it. Was, it was just fucked up. Uh, but basically, yeah. um, that that happens, and then so then we cut back in McKenna and um, the loonies go to McKenna's house. They're like, all right, we, we need to go, but McKenna's like, I want to go to my house, check on my kid, make sure everything's okay because uh, that's where I sent. That's where the helmet is. But again, we never know that the helmet's there, the helmet should be there, because we never know about what happened to his P.O. box. We never seen him try to go to his P.O. box. Yeah, he never, you know, got confirmation on that. He never knew that his P.O. box was being forwarded to his house. He just shows up there. So, um, yep. And it's really weird, because he, go, he goes into the house, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go get this thing. He goes and finds the box, and he's like, yo, you just, like, let him go to this box? Like, what the fuck? And his wife's like, I thought he was just ordering some video games. God. And it's like, first off, <laughs> did you just give the kid your credit card? And, like, let him buy video games, and then, um, uh, Quinn's like, oh, man, I don't want him playing these violent video games, because, you know, like, you know, I don't want him, like, you know, playing these violent video games when he's a young kid, and he's like, he's like, you know, in elementary school, like, middle school, maybe. Yep. And she's like, he just wants to be closer to you. And it's this really weird, like, emotional beat that they, like, again, undeserved, which it could be a uh-huh. great thing, this kid playing these games and doing these things to get in, you know, to become closer to his father. But we see him playing, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like... Uh, Undertale or something on his computer, Spelunky or, or Spelunker. Or, uh, don't starve. Don't starve I remember. Okay. Yeah. So uh-huh. like, that's not. Yeah. Even, not no, even they thing. they they really hammer in right now at this point. It, it, this is the first time it's ever come up in the movie, and we're like forty minutes in. But because um, McKenna is such an absent father, uh, and basically mom has, and because McKenna is also a soldier as well. Mom has basically been saying, yeah, you're a shitty father, you kill people for a living, blah, 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 and it's been this disconnect, so his son kind of thinks of him as this killer person, so. It's it's interesting. It's, yeah. Again, it's one of these things where I feel like this movie had some ideas and it could have gone places and just didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it's just, once again, it's very undeserved. It's injecting an emotion into, it comes off as very awkward. Mm-hmm. And basically, they, yep. the, mother, the mother's like, all right, the son's gone out with a mask. And so he deduces that, okay, the son took the Predator equipment and is out trick-or-treating with it. And we see mm-hmm. that that is yep. true like in the scene. Um, and we get this really weird scene, I thought, where they go upstairs and all the loonies are there. And he's like, I'm going to get my son. I want you guys to come with me. And, you know, understandably, they're like, fuck no. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> why, why, why would we? Which, you know, they could have said that back when um, they were in the hotel. They could have left then. But for some reason, they decided to do it at his house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, why yeah. would we do that? Like, it's, you know, it's not our problem. And also, like go 
you ever fight an alien thing where like literally wanted men who were by the government were going to get killed? Uh huh. We we don't have time to deal with your son. And yeah. the, the wife gives this speech, which is so fucking weird because basically <laughs> Nebraska is our is you know our our like, I love Nebraska. Like actually, I think of the characters, Nebraska's character I like the most. Um, and he like you know he asks like you know what's 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 your husband about like you know it's as a way to try to get the guys to come with him. And she gives the speech about all the people he's killed and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because that's like how they want to get these guys to come with them. And basically, yeah. And it's like he's great. You know, he's basically a dedicated service member. But all these guys are people who were just betrayed by the military and were getting killed by the military. So why would that motivate them? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. We, we yeah. I, I I guess what she was going for in that scene is. These people, these loonies are all basically saying, well, it's every man for themselves. We have to make sure we split up. You know, we we can't trust anyone at this point. We have to take care of ourselves. And then she comes on back and says, listen, my husband is a leader. He's a terrible person, but he's a great leader. And if you stick with him, he will lead you to do whatever it is we want to do. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll lead you to survival. But it does not come across that way well, at all. I think that's what they were trying to get. And, and I think that they, they also kind of acknowledge that, because the one thing I like nettles, there's like another, I guess this is the other funny line I like, is he comes up, the Jesus guy, and he's like, um, I didn't really like your speech. It didn't didn't really inspire me, but uh, he called me a pussy, so uh, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all right, that works. Like, that was that was clever. Uh, but then all yep. the other guys decide to go to. Like, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's like yep. the Guardians of the Galaxy scene, but not well done at all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to talk about what happens with the... Rory in the mask. Uh, Rory is trick or treating with the predator mask, which is a scene or a sentence I'd never thought I'd have to utter in a predator movie review. But here we are. We've gotten to this point where a little kid has the predator mask and he's just kind of wandering around doing his own thing on Halloween. Woohoo! Um, bullies come on out and bullies make some sort of quip. I think it was something like, you know, how many times did you wash your hands today? Ha ha ha! That's what you get for being good. Hi. That's what you get for being clean and hygienic. You know, they're trying to make fun of him for that. Is this where they do the Asperger's line? Asperger's or is that earlier? Really, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But anyway, once again, 70s style bullies that really don't have much of a personality besides, hey, I'm just going to make this kid a living life hell, comes on in. Um, someone from a house, and does that guy know the bully and the guy on the balcony? No, so um, Jake goes, or Jake, sorry, the actor, um, he goes and rings uh-huh. the doorbell. Yeah. to trick-or-treat, and then he comes back and the bullies start talking to him. So the guy who is there is the one whose house hearing the doorbell at. Yes. But why does he throw the rock? fucking asshole. I don't remember. I think it's like a beer can. He's just an asshole. <laughs> okay, because I didn't get that. Because I remember I saw that and I was just like, okay, why, 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 do, why are we picking on this kid? Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, so Jake rings the doorbell, trick-or-treats, goes back, bullies come on up, bullies start making fun of him. And this guy in the balcony of the house behind him throws a beer can at the back of his head. And immediately the predator mask just turns on and pulls out a miniature rocket launcher and just blows the fuck out of the house, including the man standing on the balcony. And he is dead as yep. fuck. Um, yeah. Rory murders a man. So that was the thing that happened. Yeah. He does roar and murder a man. Rory murders a man and he will have to deal with that for the rest but, of his life. You know, that's that's years of therapy at the very, very least. It's... Ugh, unless he turns out to be a killer just like his yeah, dad. Well, you know, it's know. funny for a kid who worries so much about his father being a killer that he doesn't seem to be faced by that at all. No, not at all. Well, no, nah, I'm not going to go there. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that. So it's 
yeah, so that's the scene right there. Um, Predator Mask is going on then, and they just caused an explosion, which is how the loonies find out where Rory is. So what happens there? So uh, they end up um, basically using a police scanner and finding out that he uh, ran to uh, a football field. And so Jake runs mm-hmm. to a... Not Jake, sorry. Uh, Roy runs to a football field. And when he's there, he kind of meets this dog, which there's weird... It's a really weird scene with the dog. It, I don't... Again, it's a pointless scene. It's, there's a scene with yeah. the dog, and it, it seems like it's supposed to have weight, but it doesn't. Um, but basically, uh-huh. while he's there with the dog, uh, these two predator dogs show up. And you might be thinking... Oh, predator dogs. We saw those in Predators. They're these four-legged creatures with these giant horns, and they're menacing, and they fuck you up. I remember those. Those were kind of creepy, and actually they look pretty good in like in the movie. Uh, these are not those. These are fucking, like... I, I think they're implying that these are genetically modified predators that became these dogs, because they have predator dreadlocks, and they have a roughly like, a predator face, except they have, like, a... They don't have the mandibles. Uh... Listen, man, if I could genetically modify myself to be a dog, I totally you know, I, I don't blame you for it, but, you know, like, <laughs> the CG in this is terrible. And, but, like, it looks like shit. It, like, it, it just, there's two uh-huh. of them, they look utterly like shit. And apparently they're bulletproof. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, which, which is weird, because predators aren't bulletproof. So, um, well, I guess later on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that later. It's, um, uh, so, the loonies show up. Um, they blow one up by putting a grenade in its mouth. Um, and the other one... Nebraska walks up next to and shoots in the side of the head, and it, it is implied okay. that it lobotomizes it. That is the implication. Yes. He lobotomizes it. Yes. And they don't care after they shoot it. They shoot it, and it walks away, and they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, that scene where he shoots him in the head, like, the, basically they're all standing the dog down. The dog is looking away from them and just snarling and ready to jump and ready to leap. And Nebraska comes on up and basically just puts a finger to his lips and says, shh, I got this. And then comes on up Point blank shoots him in the head. That was that was a pretty bad. I think it, it would have like been that. badass if it blew its head off or something. But the fact that yeah. it became what it became just ruined it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. Yeah, but yeah. So they did that, and they're like, "Great, we got our son back." And there's a lobotomized dog walking around in the background. We don't care. Um, and <laughs> they go they go back to the um, to the RV, which now they have the RV established, and now we have an RV somehow, um, and. When they go back, the predator appears. The the good predator, the normal predator, the predator mm-hmm. we know, um, or the trader predator, I think is what he's, is what he's called. Um, and he basically pulls Nettles out of the truck. Nettles is the one driving. He pulls him out. And this is the first time we see the predator try to communicate because they have their guns on him basically. And the predator's like with with hand, he's kind of like put the guns down, right? He's trying to communicate mm-hmm. now for once. He tries to communicate with people who have guns pointed at him, not with the scientist. Anyway. Um, and so they start to do it. So they put their guns down. And what happens there? What 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 interrupts this seeming solution to their problem, where the predator is communicating with them, and they you know this could solve the entire movie? What 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 ruins that moment? I I, I don't know, Andrew. What ruins that yeah, moment? What 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 thing interrupts <laughs> things a lot, and you know might seem hostile when it randomly oh, happens? Oh, could it be? Could it, I, I know? I know. Could it be? Could it be? It's fucking Tourette's. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, so, basically, uh, Baxley has an attack and, like, twitches, and the predator looks over at him and is like, what the fuck's going on? And McKenna shoots the predator. <laughs> like, knocking him down, and they run away. Like, literally, they fucking use Tourette's to progress the plot. They just use Tourette's yeah. 
to stop something that was going to solve the entire problem of the story. Oh, and that's not the worst they do. We'll get to the big reveal at the okay, end of the yeah, movie. Okay. Oh, that's, boy, God. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Um, gets on in. Predator gets, you know, shot and goes away. And then the other Predator, the Hunter Predator, comes on in at this mm-hmm. point. And basically, the two of them have a massive, massive fight um, in the front lawn of this yard. Of this yard, during this time, Rory, um, Olivia Munn, and the rest of the loonies they get together and they get into. I think it was a bus, and they basically just escape and drive away. The traitor predator gets his ass kicked by the hunter predator. And eventually he's on top of a car and the hunter predator just blasts the shit out of him and he is dead, dead, and dead. And what, what do you think, like, before we get into what's going to happen next, what do you think about that confrontation? It was very underwhelming. Well, it's, it's interesting because, like, you would think that this would be their money shot, right? Like, yeah. you would think that two predators, two, like, big hunters, Duking it who, like, we've seen do some pretty cool shit. Like, and again, God, I keep going back to AVP. They did some interesting, like, AVP movies actually did some interesting shit with the Predator, like, the way it moved, the way it fought, and we saw this really cool shit going down. And this movie that has a uh-huh. huge budget, has better CG, like... It's not great, well, but it's like, better like, has better access to CG. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. it's, it's later in the future, it's tw- ten years later. Uh-huh. And it's, like, literally, this Predator takes the Predator, slams him into the into a into a car... Takes off his helmet, and punches him in the face, and that kills him. And yep. like, it, that does two things that, that's fucked him up. First, you you lost the ability to make in like a nice fight scene, which would have been great, especially given that you know they have all this technology. We're talking about the technology and the things they have, uh, and it would be cool to mm-hmm. see like this other predator try to fight this predator and you know lose. But it also makes it so that these the normal predators are no longer a threat. So any movie you make in the future, this this predator's like you know like it, it takes the takes the bite away from them like. If this white guy can just get trounced in two seconds by this other predator, what are the predators? What do they matter? What what is this thing we've been fighting in the past? Like, it it completely takes away any threat they posed. Like it's it's just oh yeah, it's like the, the you know the goal is obviously to establish the upgrade predator as the better predator as the newer predator. But we already had kind of an upgrade predator in uh, predators. We had the um the berserker predators and that, that other clan of predators who were bigger. They were a different breed, basically. So they were bigger, stronger. And we even got a fight between them and the other predator. And that, you know, it was more fairly matched. That other predator was missing an arm and stuff, like, and didn't put up a better fight. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I feel like as a franchise, it's just like the stupidest move they could have made because it just completely took away the character. Mm-hmm. Like any teeth that character had. Yeah, no, it was, there was so much potential for a really cool fight scene at this point, and they just completely shit the bed. And what what, is, so. what, is, what does Casey notice as they drive away from this predator who just murdered the other predator? Oh, well, um, basically the hunter predator, who I guess is just the predator at this point, takes the defeated predator and rips out his spine, Metal Gear Rising style, and uses it to um, basically enhance his own abilities. It's almost like an evolution where it uses that spine and wait, maps it to its own wait, body to get wait, better. No, that, yeah? Is that what they were implying? I don't think that's what they're implying. I it, well, I think so, and I'm going to get to it later on because they do back it up with a little bit more evidence. But basically, we can both agree that he uses the predator to enhance his own abilities, no. right? No. No. Okay. What do you think happened then? I think. 
he just takes the predators to go off. That's what they do. But with the spine, yeah, that's what he's always done. And then what happens after that? Then Casey sees he what you're going to describe, and yeah, he grows an exoskeleton on the inside, which is just called the skeleton. Yeah, but. <laughs> But yeah, he uses he uses the other predator to grow his own I'm, I'm abilities. Him, well, just think about it. I don't know. That's the impression well, I got. How would he have done that? I don't know. Technology. No, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think that they're just <laughs> implying that it somehow it it inherently already has this ability to do that because it also has the ability to cloak itself without a fucking field. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, is I felt that that was playing in with the final reveal at the very end. And the and I don't want to spoil it just yet. Don't worry, that moment's coming. But the very mm-hmm. ends where they reveal what the Predator's goal is the whole time, I, think, I thought that was some sort of extension. No, I think, I, think, cause I think that involves more scientific process. I think because remember when we saw Jake, when they saw Jake saw in the, not Jake Tremblay, the actor, uh, what Rory saw with the mask on, they saw mm-hmm. them like doing it in a lab-like setting. I don't think I don't think okay. something they can just do. Cause, oh, if that was the case, I'd be even more pissed off. I hope that's not the case. Um, <laughs> that's no, the impression I, I, I think got. it was just that I think that they imply that this predator already is so upgraded that it can just do this weird shit. And one of the things it can do is like reinforce the body. Yeah, but anyway, the important part is Casey goes. She's, he's growing in his exoskeleton on the inside, and I literally messaged you during that point, and I was just like, "Bitch, that's called a skeleton." Yep. Exo. <laughs> exo means exo is outside. There are bugs that have that. We. <laughs> <laughs> Predators do not. We it, uh, aliens yeah. have that. So and again, if they want to try into the universe, they could have implied that. That would have been a cool thing. But nope. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, um, so they basically escape from the hunter predator, and they start talking for a little bit about, oh, what do you think it's doing here? Why do you think it's hunting us down? What do you think it wants? And that's when. Casey says something about, well, you know, some people think that autism is an evolutionary, is the next step of evolution. Um, you know, we're, we're all going to eventually evolve into people with autism eventually, and that's what's going on. And I was just like, okay, all right, all right, Casey. Yeah, that's, well, cause, and that, that happens after our, um, our emotional moment where, uh, so they, they basically, they fuck off to a, a farm, basically. And they're there holding up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know McKenna's like, "I should go talk to my son, who I've been not seeing yeah. forever." And he talks to him, and mm-hmm. he's like, "You know, Dad, I'm sorry, I'm not like what what you expected, what you wanted me to be." And you know, rather than being the supportive father, and like, "No, you're perfect the way you are," or, you know, "You're great," or you know, "We're all different," or you know, he's like, mm-hmm. "I'm not what I want to be either." <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, "Yeah, you're a fuck up," um, but it's okay because I'm a yeah, fuck up it's too. Like, great job. <laughs> yeah great parenting um but then he goes talks to casey yeah and casey implies uh, casey's like some people think that autism is the next step in human evolution which as an evolutionary biologist you're kind of like evolution is the random mo- modification or the random happenstance of genetic modification that happens randomly that then happens to be useful and survives sexual reproduction in the future so um yeah. Are you implying that people with autism are going to get late more? Because you should know that that's what that means. Like, you, as an evolutionary biologist, you should understand that evolution is spread on by sex. And that yep. the person needs to survive and have sex to recreate and procreate. And that's why evolutionary traits are selected for, because they are things that mm-hmm. help us to survive long enough to reproduce. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, actually, that it's the opposite. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but I'm pretty sure, like, historically, it's been the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, yep. 
I mean, it's why everyone wants to ban Jane Grey, yeah. so. Uh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, not only is that, again, extremely no. rude to people with autism uh, and the families that mm-hmm. they have, uh, but just also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yep. Oh, and don't worry, Shane Black's going to bring this random conversation back later on. Oh, he boy. Um, yeah. So we got that. Um, the dog comes on back at this point, the hunter dog. And uh, who was the one that basically just said, no, no, Metals. it's fine. I forgot who the character yeah. Metals, yeah. Metals is just like, you know what? This, the dog is fine. It's fine. The dog's basically been lobotomized. Don't worry about it. Olivia Munn gets really, really excited about the chance to study this dog-predator hybrid thing. Um, so she says, nobody shoot it unless I tell you to. And I'm like, okay. And that's pretty yeah. much it for it's, the dog. Again, it, it's just like, it's cre- It's taking these, it's like, I feel like they did, their goal is just to make the predator un, like, unthreatening. And this is another way of doing that. Yep. So we've got that. So they have a dog companion now. Um, his name is Blue. He's a good boy. And Rory is drawing a map that he saw that um, leads to the dead predator's ship. Um, and basically that's what they look right there. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, Traeger comes back. Yeah, Traeger comes back. Yeah, I'm a little bit ahead of that. So Traeger comes on back, and they capture... Um, Rory and Nebraska, McKenna, Brackets. Um, yeah, just them. Yeah, just them. Just them. They're all captured by Traeger. And basically, Traeger shares this theory that's saying that, oh, we think the Predators are coming on in because we're fucking the Earth over with climate change. Okay, so now, Shane Black, we're getting a little bit mm-hmm. political here. Or we're getting a little bit more realistic here. And the first Predator was supposed to come on over to help us because the second predator wants to basically spread the seed in this planet. Eventually, after we fuck our planet over with climate change and we're all dead from it, the real predators are going to come on in and either live there or they're going to come on over now to basically take us away so they can study us before we're yeah, all Yeah, basically it's like, it's kind of like, it's, uh, it's like supply and demand. They're like, well, you know, humans are going are to fucking die soon, so we better hunt them now while we still can. And so yep. the predator's trying to come and help them out and stop that from happening. He was. Yep. So that's. Yep. So that's that. Um, as Traeger is going, uh, Rory is drawing a map leading to the deceased predator ship, and Traeger says, "Well, let's go and find that ship." McKenna and the others, everyone else, escape, and they reunite with the rest of the loonies, and basically um, sets them off in pursuits. And they start to go, and they all decide to meet up at the ship. And I'm going to be mm. honest. We're headed to the last thirty or so minutes yeah. of this movie. I had such a hard time figuring out what was going okay. on. Yeah. So, okay. So you want, uh, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So you, you, you go on to it, but it's just like the camera work and things it, happen so, so fast. And, and it's just, so, it's, it's so, so dark too. One thing I will say uh-huh. is this movie did have a lot of reshoots. Uh, originally, there were other friendly predators. Um, and there are, you can find pictures of them in like a tank together. And the predators are wearing like mm-hmm. military issue costumes. And a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. are shot during the day. And apparently there was, like, another bad guy involved. And these predators were already working, like, kind of with the military. Uh, so there's a whole plot that was not, that was cut from this movie. Um, so that's why I think this all seems so stupid. Or it seems so quick and weird and like a fucked up ending. Mm-hmm. Because really there were supposed to be a lot of uh, things. It's happening. all scraps. There's also supposed to be a, a lot more hybrid creatures. There's supposed to be, like, a, like, spider creature and, like, a monkey creature. And, like other things that hmm. get released in fight 
basically. Um, and those aren't in here either. So this last third of the movie was, I'm pretty sure, is all reshoots because I've, I've heard that the original version, the ending, the action took place during the day. Um, so that's probably why this is all really fucked up. But also, it's a bad movie. But anyway, um, so they they go to find they go to get Rory back, um, and at this point, uh, Trigger has sectioned off the place where Rory uh, marked the ship, so they kind of put a fence around it somehow already, and uh, they're inside the ship basically. Um, and Traeger's trying to get Rory to open up the kind of places inside the ship so he can see what's inside and kind of get whatever equipment's in there. Um, and the loonies at this point decide to try to sneak in. Uh, so they set up um, Alfie Allen's character up on the top with the sniper rifle, and they kind of make their way in. So um, while Traeger's monologuing, uh, Boyd Hall Brooks sneaks up on him, and uh, using the invincibility cloak, or invisibility cloak, sorry, uh, Shoots one of the guys in the face with the tranquilizer, which is pretty awesome, actually, and uh, gets mm-hmm. Rory back. Yeah, I actually really like that scene because McKenna comes on up and basically uses the cloaking thing to disarm him and everything. And then one of the guys comes on up to McKenna and says, well, what are you going to do, kill me with a tranquilizer dart? And yeah. he does. He shoots him right in the eye with the tranquilizer yeah, dart. Yeah, I can't remember if he just says, yeah, or he says something else. Or if he, no, maybe he says, you hurt my kid or something like that, and then does it. Something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he kills him. And so at this point... Uh, he takes Traeger hostage, basically. He's, he has Traeger, he has a son, and he's like, I'm going to walk out with my son and use Traeger as a hostage for me to get away. Um, and mm-hmm. as he's doing this, he's basically, guys, you know, you need to stop, you need to stop this. My guys are surrounded you. Um, you know, we have the advantage, just let us leave, and you can have Traeger back, and we'll just get out of here. You can have the ship, we don't care about the ship, just let us leave. Um, but at this point, the upgrade predator shows up, and he just basically... Flays Alfie Allen, uh, causing him to scream out and kind of kicking off mm-hmm. a firefight between um, the predators, the, uh, sorry, the predator, uh, the loonies, and Traeger's group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, and this is where just the movie just completely—I had no idea what was going on for most no? of this. Honestly, it, it was just like you know, people would come on in, they would die. I, I didn't get a sense of any position of where they were. I didn't get a sense of it was so dark. I wasn't able to see what was going on. Things happened so fast. Like Traeger, how does Traeger? Oh, right, die? There, yeah, yeah, dude, I'll explain that because that's fucking stupid. Um, so, so yeah, uh-huh. but it, it had okay. Let me let me pause that for a second. It happens so quickly though. It's like a split second. Like literally, I could have turned my head, turned back, and then it was just like, what happened to Traeger at yeah, the end of it? It's what happened to him. That's so. exactly what happened. To yeah. Him. Uh, <laughs> But that's what the last 20 but, minutes feels like. Yeah, so but they're, anyway, they're fighting, and in this time, the Predator gets back into the ship, basically, gets the equipment, uh, sees the equipment that he wants, and is like, and uses the military equipment that they set up to translate and communicate with the humans. So again, they can communicate with humans, they have translating abilities, apparently. And he's like, hey guys, uh, you know, good job, I got the ship, I'm gonna blow this bitch up, and I'm actually gonna hunt you, uh, because uh, the one called McKenna is the only true hunter. And he will lead you, so I will give you time advantage. And it's great, because you hear time advantage. What, what does it mean to have time advantage? What, what would you say that means? Time advantage means it's yep. a head start. And Olivia Munn, uh-huh. our evolutionary biologist, our genius, goes, a time advantage? What's that? Like a head start? And it's like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Shane Black. Have you never played tag before? Like, let your audience, give your audience some credit. I'm sure they understand what time advantage means. And if not, you can have Boyd or one of them yell out, like, let's go, we only have, you know, let's go, we don't know when he's going to come. You could say something like that. 
Yeah, because the timer pops up too, and you see the timer counting down, and it's just like, okay, yeah. But for some reason, that happens. Fucking stupid. Um, but, so yeah, so basically at this point, Traeger and them decide to team up and run away. And uh, to team up and basically not Scooby-Doo it, like, let's not separate, let's all go together because otherwise he'll kill us all individually. Which, you kind of think like, but if he did kill you all individually, you know, it would give you time to run away because he'd have to chase you if you're all in different directions. Mm-hmm. Like, it might actually be a good idea, I don't yeah. know. Um, but Traeger reveals that he has all this predator gear. So he has like shoulder cannons, he has the shuriken that he throws, um, they, have, they have some other weapons. And they take that and go kind of go off. And they actually make a little joke where they lock the dog in the room, like in one of the trucks that had the equipment. And they're like, and Jager's like, hey, that, that equipment in there is really valuable. You, you shouldn't have locked that dog in there with that. But I think like what he should have said is, hey, that equipment could actually probably save our lives and kill the predator. Maybe we should get that. But now we throw that away for a joke. <laughs> um, yep. So they go into the woods, basically start running away. Um, and... A lot of red shirts die. Um, they, you know, we, we get all of Traeger's military men who are wearing helmets and stuff so don't know who they are. They look the same. And they start getting mm-hmm. killed by the Predator. And we get these really... Yep. Um, there's that one part where the guy, like, initiates or lets go of the boomerang shuriken yeah. thing. And then Traeger yells out, uh, it's going to come back. And he's just like, what? And then it does come back and he just slices his hand off. Which is off. stupid. Because, so, like, again, yeah. the, the thing he throws is, like, the little shurikens they have in... Uh, that's what they, that's they call them in, in the movies at least an avp like the the bladed they basically it's a replacement for the predator disc that he has in the first two movies um the second movie i guess yep. and he throws it and it comes back and there's two problems that i have questions first why does it come back to him like it could maybe return to its point of origin in which case duck mm-hmm. and the other thing i was thinking is i would assume that it would be powered by the gauntlet which would tell it to come back to the gauntlet and chris traeger's like traeger fuck is just like you know, put your head up like this, and it'll hit your wrist, and that's how it will stop. Which, again, I would assume if you have the gauntlet, maybe. But how would that fucking work? Like, it, it doesn't make, it's a stupid scene, and I think it's supposed to be funny. But, it's again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a funny scene for no real reason. Like, and yep. also, why does the guy throw it? Why would you throw a weapon you don't know what it I does? Just, why would you just throw it? I just assumed he's panicking and he wanted to test it out, or he pressed the wrong button somewhere. That's the impression it. I you got. Know, you don't him. press he the didn't button. Know how to use it? It's, it's, it's an active yeah. motion. <laughs> and like again, Traeger should then be like, "Hey, man, it's gonna come back. Get the fuck out of the way, because there's no way it could be able to track who threw it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> or I don't know, use your shoulder can to blow it up. Something good. Yep. Well, as we find out, Traeger isn't very good with yeah. his equipment either. So yeah. So. <laughs> Some red shirts die. We get some really stupid CG scenes, like the predator like dropping down on them like a spider, like Spider Man, and like picking them up and like biting them and eating them and like ripping them in half. It's you see some of the worst CG you'll ever see in this movie. Um, and then we get to a uh, Traeger scene. Which do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, well, I, I can talk about the one okay. split second. Uh, Traeger has that shoulder-mounted arm cannon. I'm sure you know the technical term for it. Um, but yeah, he's got that, and then he misuses it. The shoulder-mounted arm cannon turns towards his head and just blows his head off. It's literally, like, a split second. Like, I I could have blinked and I missed it. And he is one of our primary antagonists. We've glossed over it a little bit. Like, there have been a lot of other scenes with Traeger and me that we haven't talked about. Um, so he's been Mm -hmm. present in the film pretty often. Uh, and yeah, he dies... Basically, they're attacking the Predator. He has his little thing shooting, uh, his, his shoulder cannon shooting. And it's implied that when he turns his head, it moves, 
which is stupid. Why not turn that into a gun? Like why 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 copy the predator technology of that when you know that humans can't aim like that very well? Why not turn it into a gun? Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and at some point, I think uh, he's charging up to shoot, and Casey calls out to him because I think his legs on fire or something. And he turns and shoots his head off, basically. Which mm-hmm. to me, if you if you were to ask me what happened, I would say that he was not present for the reshoots. And they killed him off doing that, by doing that, by just using an extra scene of him. Because, obviously, the shoulder cannon CG, blowing up his head CG. All they need is stock footage yep. of him turning his head. Yep. But that is how they dispatch our primary human antagonist. In a yep. busy scene while uh, two other characters, two of the loonies, are fighting the predator. He blows his own head off. Yep. That's, that, that's the plot resolution. That's the way I want to go. It's idiotic. Yep. So that's that. At one point, uh, they're talking back and forth. They're fighting a little bit. Um, Coyle and Baxley. who's the other guy that gets... Uh, Baxley, yeah. Coyle and Baxley. Uh, Coyle gets thrown up onto a tree way up. Baxley gets kind of impaled on the floor. Um, and they're all just kind of picked off one by one. Uh, Coyle and Baxley both kind of look at each other. They realize that they're slowly bleeding out. There's no chance of them to survive. So they take out a gun. They shoot each other simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Which, great job on time because they didn't even do a countdown or anything. They just go pull out the gun and go, all right, right here we go, bam. Like so, they, yeah, that was, that was synchronized. Yeah, they, they that was good. Shoot the exact so. same moment, so none of them get shot first and misses if they're shot. Yep. I mean, it makes for a cool shot, but it's just like, really? Really? Once you think about it practically, it's just like, no, it's a good headshot. So. like, man, if only they like, were better shots at the Predator they're trying to kill. <laughs> I know. That's um, that. So, yeah, so they die, and uh, the other three just run, four just run away. So now we still so at five. Mm-hmm. So we, now we still have uh, Nebraska's alive, um, Rory's alive, McKenna's alive, um, Olivia Munn's alive, and Nettles is alive. Yep. And the predator goes back to his ship at this point, right? I don't think he goes back to the ship until he gets Rory. So the, the predator okay. basically attacks them and gets Rory. <laughs> yep. Predator attacks him, gets yep. Rory. Good job. So then the predator goes back to the ship. And at this point, we kind of realize why the Predator wants Rory. Um, I mean, we, we kind of realized it earlier on, but this is when I think I really want to talk about because I don't think there's a big reveal later on in terms of that. It was The reveal was, I guess, was just yeah. later earlier. Um, so remember when we talked about how Casey was saying how the final step in evolution was people with autism? Um, that is what the Predator wants. Back at the destroyed ship, when the Predator was directly talking to them and said, McKenna is the one who will lead you, he wasn't talking about Quinn McKenna, the father. He was talking about Mr. Rory Kenna, the kid. The Predator wants to take spinal fluid from Rory to direct the own evolution of the Predator. Shane Black has literally made weaponized autism a central plot point in his movie. What's funny, too, is the autism allows him to understand predator technology. But you know who probably has a better functioning brain? The ones who fucking developed the technology at this point. <laughs> like, what? 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 Like, you guys are already technologically past the species as a whole. Why would you take anything from its brain capacity? The only thing I could think of when that reveal came on, I was just thinking, would anti-vaxxers be happy or sad about Oh, that's a good point. Don't get your child that measles vaccine. The predator might come try to kill him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
just like, I told you so. Remember when I said I had rickets? I was probably right about that, too. Oh, God. And homeopathic medicine, 100% working. 100%. Let's all get our prayer crystals around and let's, I don't know. God. Yeah, so that's the central conflict of this movie. The Predator came down to Earth to get autism from this kid so he can use it as a weapon later on. That's, um... That sentence has never been uttered before in the entire history of the world. Um, yeah. yeah. It's great. So Fuck. the Predator gets Rory. Gets, yeah, predator goes, goes on, on the ship. ship. Yeah. And uh, the loonies go after him. Um, and they really, they see the, the ship on top of it. It's about to take off. So um, Boyd Holbrook just decides to hop onto it. And I yeah. think kind of bad. Because Nettles, you, if you see, does not want to hop onto it. Nettles like, nah, man, that's a stupid idea. Like, this is the ship. It's going to take off. Being on top of it seems idiotic. But Nebraska pushes him on. So they're doing it together. So Nebraska mm-hmm. hops on. And Olivia Munn just shoots at it. She shoots at the ship as, the, as it goes yep. up. Which is great, I guess. Um, and so the ship starts taking off. Um, and as the ship's taking off, uh, the Predator's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to turn on my shields, which I didn't have earlier, but I'm going to turn them on. And this grid of like, kind of panels of a shield start appearing. Um, above, like maybe a foot above the surface of the um, ship. And they kind of spiderweb their way up and over... Uh, the top of it, and Quinn uh-huh. is like, "Oh, I'm gonna duck underneath this thing because it's going. It's there's some space, and that's not a good idea." Nebraska is like, "I'm gonna jump over it because, like, you know, being on top of another part of the outside of the ship something a great idea as well." Um, and Nettles just shoots at it for some reason, especially because he has time to see what the other two do and how they successfully navigate what happens. Yep, he is the last one. For the shield to close he's significantly over. further back. He, is, he can, like, he could see yes. what they did. Oh, and the shield is deploying so slow at this point. Every other time we've seen the shield in this movie, you know, it's, it's like, three or four seconds, the ship's completely covered. This one takes a good, like, 15, yeah. 20 seconds. And later on in this fight, like, the shield does come down for a little bit and then goes back up again. And it is, like, yeah, a five-second thing. And it's just like, god damn it. So he, so, he tries to shoot at yeah. it and... Lo and behold, shooting at a shield does not stop the shield. Um, and it cuts off his legs. It, what? what, what, what? It's, you know, it's surprising. It, it cuts off his legs, and his corpse just falls off the edge. And it's just... Again, I, I think part of the issue is, again, there are these reshoots. And I think that this was a thing where they had these three characters left, and they, the plot armor has run out, so they need to kill them off. Because if you notice, in the past, like, ten minutes, all the movies died. <laughs> um, yep. So, he falls off the edge, and... We kind of get a scene between McKenna and uh, Nebraska, and Nebraska's on top, and he's, like, running out of oxygen because they're rising up into space, essentially. And he kind of looks over, and there's a turbine, an exposed turbine, uh, and he just kind of jumps into it. Well, no, he fires oh. his gun as he's jumping, too, which I'm sure did a lot yeah, of He fires his gun and well. jumps into it. Which, <laughs> yeah. again, like, what the... Like, so, my, these are my thought processes. He, like, first off... That was his, it rhymes, I'm pretty sure, was he tried to commit suicide once, didn't work, now he gets to do it again. At, but this I time think it's, it's supposed to be like, kind of like a character arc for him, but it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's not. It's, yeah. it's fucking stupid. Uh, and also, this turbine goes into space, right? And there's like particle, particulate matter in space. And so either that thing should be shielded, or if a body can get in there and fuck it up, what happens if it's like a fucking rock when it's going at light speed? Like, what? Oh yeah. But basically, yep. the body goes in there and it fucks up the ship and the ship crashes. Uh, and somehow, boy, the Holbrook survives this. Mm-hmm. 
So Holbrook or McKenna slides down the shield, like literally slides down the inside of the shield, goes on into the um, ship. Uh, at this point, it's running on one engine, and it's slowly starting to crash on down. There's a little bit of a fight with the Predator, not too much, but the ship does eventually crash. Um, McKenna, Brackett, and Rory basically all get together, and they fight the Predator um, once there. I, I don't know how quickly Casey came on over and actually started, because that ship was traveling a good amount of ways before right? she was going to come on over. Ended? That thing, that thing like, yep. went up into so that's high that. enough to the point that it took away oxygen from Nebraska. <laughs> how did yep. you know what was happening? How did you get there? Yep. So they all fight, and there's a big, big thing, and eventually they do are able to kill the Predator. And the Predator is laying there, um, completely wounded. He's missing pretty much all of his limbs at this point, right? He's gone full on Black Knight from Money Python. Yeah. And McKenna just basically shoots him in the head a couple times. And the dog comes back for this. The dog, this dog brings a grenade earlier in the movie. At this point, it brings, like, one of the bombs that Chris Traeger had. Or no, it's Chris, the trigger had. And yep. again, a bomb that might have been useful earlier in the movie, had they had it. Um, and basically, he uses the Predator's own arm they cut off and the, the bomb the dog brought to kill the Predator. Um, and we get this weird scene mm-hmm. where the Predator's kind of laying down on the ground and kind of like coughing up blood. And this is normally the scene in the movies. Again, they're trying to subvert expectations. This is the scene in the movies where the Predator usually sets off its bomb, its arm bomb, and it does its little laugh and sets off its bomb. Yep. Uh, a, but instead, we get the "What are you?" scene, which I think is again from the original Predator, and then he just shoots the shit out of it. He's like, "What mm-hmm. are you?" And the Predator's like, Burr, and then it shoots it. He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" and shoots it. And now the Predator, Predator's not bulletproof anymore because now it just gets fucking destroyed by bullets. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Crazy. I guess its exoskeleton stopped existing. <laughs> it's it's internal exoskeleton. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically uh. the end of this movie. Do you? Should we talk about, like, they do try to do some little, like, sentimental thing with these little totems of um, each of the members of the uh, uh-huh. loonies, and they, they had this kind of, like, camaraderie, like, this is my squad, but you guys knew each other for, like, four hours. Yeah. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just like, who gives yeah. a shit about that? There is one more scene at the very, very end, though, where McKenna comes on back to the scientific laboratory, um, and his son, using his powers of autism, uh, which is a superpower, basically, now at this point is getting together to decode all the Predator technology and is working with the scientists to help them understand exactly what's going on. A pod that the uh, traitor Predator left behind is in the middle of the room, and that's what they're studying. And the pod opens on up and basically latches itself to a scientist and full-on Tony Stark-style becomes this massive Iron Man-style suit. The... Weapons on the suit start to aim for everyone in the room with the classic three red dots, but then eventually it does power down and then folds it down to the floor. And then they basically say, well, this is something they left behind. He left us a weapon. We're going to deem it the Predator Killer. And then slow fade to black on McKenna's face, and that is the Predator. Yeah, and, and, and McKenna says, like, hope it comes in a 32 long, because he's like, I'm. that's my new suit. It's like, why the fuck would you get that suit? <laughs> Why would why would anybody give that to you? You are a mercenary. Why why would we do? There has to be somebody more qualified. Just like there's somebody more qualified than this yep. fucking kid who, regardless of having autism, has the education of a middle schooler and thus does not know what the fuck is going on in the world. <laughs> like he was doing vocabulary lesson three or in that book or whatever. So like clearly, he should ha- he should have a governmental position. 
is uh-huh. idiotic. Um, and I should talk about that. So there are a lot of reshoots and a lot of possibilities. Um, originally, um, they did try to get Alan Schwarzenegger to, to come and actually the end kind of come in and pick him up. Like, all right, guys, let's go. Like, I think back in the original ending, one of the endings was going to be the Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up, who was Dutch in the first movie, uh-huh. the original uh, Predator. Yep. Another thing was going to be the in the pod. There were two other, there were two scenes they shot, one of which had Ellen Ripley in the pod with this like mm-hmm. apparatus on her mouth, on her face, that looked like, that looked like a face hugger. And there's another one was there's being Newt who showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what they would have done with that. I don't know why that would have been a thing, but yeah, but that would have been like, they could also have like, had, at the very least, which is more than I can say for like, the rest had, like, of the movie. An alien in there, that could have been interesting. Like, and, uh-huh. you know, maybe, maybe the predator yeah. thought that by releasing the alien, it would like you know the predators would stop or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, nope, yep. it is the predator killer, and they tease a sequel. And I remember when this movie came out, there were people who were saying they were excited for that sequel. And there were articles, like, I don't know who paid them to write these articles, where they talked about the sequel bait and how it's going to be a good sequel. It's gonna be, and like, people, like, people are like, oh, like, people are saying, like, the movie isn't good, but that thing at the end, I want to see that. Who the fuck wants to see that? Who wants to see a movie of Iron Man versus the Predators, but, like, it's not actually Iron Man, it's, like, Boyd Holbrook walking around in a fucking suit, shooting Predators with lasers and shit. Like, that's not the fun part of these characters. Yep. It's, like, I, I, I just feel like... I feel like Shane Black got a lot of credit for this movie because he was in the first one, and I think he did some of the writing. Mm-hmm. But like, first off, his character in the movie—he wasn't it's a, not a good character movie. in the movie. It's not a good. And this movie, movie was fucking terrible. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't like. I don't think he like understood the property. I think people just gave, had faith in him because, like, it's not like Ridley Scott and Alan Covenant where he understood the property and had wanted to go places with it and had like ideas with it. It felt like he was given the role mm-hmm. to direct it because he was in the property, and so fans would say, "Okay, yeah." Like we're excited for this movie because he was in it, but he had he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy stuff. But yeah, that is the Predator. So, any closing thoughts? It's a terrible movie. <laughs> it is a pretty bad movie. I really like. I said it's not just a bad movie, but it also just it's an offensive movie as well. It's. Like, why? Why did they have to take the whole mental condition, autism angle, and just go very, very basic, very brief with it? If you are going to go through, like, Annihilation. Annihilation, I really liked that one. It had a lot of characters with uh, mental conditions, but it meant something to the plot. And it it enhanced the plot, and they did so in a respectful manner. This one, absolutely did I I completely agree. Absolutely. And this is an interesting movie, too, because, like, it didn't please the fans, it didn't please the critics. Like, it didn't do anything Mm -hmm. that it was, like... You know, like you know, like if if Prometheus wasn't Prometheus wasn't great, it at least pleased some of the fans. Mm-hmm. This didn't do either of those. Like it, it rewrote the lore because originally the Predator lore is that they hunt humans for trophies, and that was the whole thing. They took the head for trophies. It was a sign of the trophy, and they added this mm-hmm. lore about Predator's body modding, basically. And like it, I feel like it just kind of dismantled everything that came before it in terms of what the Predators mm-hmm. were. I think at some point they actually implied in with this movie they wanted to rewrite the canon of the original Predator and imply that there were two Predators in that movie mm-hmm. to somehow make this make sense. I don't know how that was going to work. Yep. But yeah, it's just it felt just like a really it felt like maybe it was like a fan forced it kind of thing where like they made this movie because they wanted to keep the property rights. But I don't know who they would have defaulted to because they were still owned by Fox. I'm pretty sure everything was owned by Fox. There's there's no way it could have defaulted back to any other. Maybe back to the creators? I don't know. 
like it seemed like a very mm-hmm. unnecessary movie. They got a whole bunch of press. Like, did they, if you had, a, mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched Hulu, but at the time, um, Castle Rock was coming out, and I have like the Hulu with ads, and there was a trailer for this every two seconds. They they even made like, like a claymation. Oh yeah, definitely. They made it like a claymation holiday predator versus the reindeer thing for this. Like, there was ads everywhere. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, maybe this is why Fox died. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were sold, but yeah, that's that. Um, in terms of what they got, it grossed $51 million at the box office um, against a production budget of $88 million. Worldwide was $160 million, so it made about roughly double its budgets worldwide, which isn't great with advertising. Oh, no, I think the advertising budget, so. budget brought it all back down. Like, oh, yeah, so probably not sucks, great. because like, uh, I, I would love to see more Predator movies, but I think they... I think they never understand that, like, what made the Predator good was, like, the mystery and seeing how different people interact with the Predator. And I think, I think that the way to make these sequels is either to go to the Predator world and see their culture, which would, you know, you have to be very Mm -hmm. smart about, which I think that's why AVP worked well, because AVP gives a foe and gives a problem pretty easily to the Predators. But, and, like, so I think that they could actually do a movie, like, I think that is a good way to flesh it out and have the Predator be scary, but also develop the character or develop their culture and stuff mm-hmm. or just have the predator appear in different eras and different times and different situations like that's what made concrete jungle good yep. like it was you saw a predator in jungle then you saw the predator in a city and you're like oh those are different scenarios and we see how this works in different ways like and how like you know a military ops group versus police trying to deal with this thing like that was interesting like you know do like a, do like a western movie with a predator like something like that like do something interesting do like a samurai movie with a predator in it like do like have the villain appear in different places instead of just shoving the lore further and further like in these crazy like instead of trying to make the predator more and more badass just have a more skilled predator like because we already got the badass predator in uh we already got like the the enhanced predators in predators so this just felt like i don't know like what the fuck are you doing bad yeah it's it, it just seems very disjointed all over and, the place. And, like, and you and I were talking it about this before. Like, we both think this is like the first bad, bad movie we've done, right? Like, we're saying the House of Wax mm-hmm. was bad, but it was enjoyable. Like, this is just frustrating to yeah. watch. This one, I just, yeah, it, it wasn't fun to like, watch. It's funny because when I was watching it, I, I was watching it, I was like, man, I've watched the movie like so many times. Oh, I don't know if I want to have to watch it again to, to, to review this review. And I was like, wait a second. No, I've only seen this movie fucking once. <laughs> I've seen this one time in theaters. Yeah, and once I had was no enough. desire to see it again, and it felt arduous watching it the second time, as if like, <laughs> as if I'd seen it a million times. Uh huh. That's, that's a bad movie. Yep. But yeah, that's that. It ain't good. Wouldn't recommend it, especially if you're a Predator fan. But uh, at the very least, I hope you, you know, the the hour and a half you spent listening to this podcast is definitely much much more enjoyable. Well, maybe I feel like I, I've, I've rambled on, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah. Give ourselves. Well, actually, credit. I want to. I want to mention too. Um, uh, do you have anything else about the movie you want to say? What, what, what would you say about this movie? Would you say? Like, I don't think this movie could be fun high or, or or drunk. I don't think it would be enjoyable either way. No, no. There's no way you can make a drinking game out of this or anything like that. It's just bad. Yeah, it's um, not great. I, I I don't know how you can uh, unless I was writing a critical analysis on how well it portrays mental illness. And directly sent that to Shane Black, along with a bag of flaming dog shit. Um, that would be the only way I would That'd actually enjoy watching this movie. 
Um, Sounds good. Yeah, but uh, right, I, I cool. want to say um, we recently uh, we got a shout out from um, uh, a podcast called Horror Movie Night, which is actually a really good podcast. Um, I think I mentioned them back when we did our uh, Thirteen Ghosts um, review. Uh, the Matt, Matt mm-hmm. Kelly, one of the people who runs it, was ni- nice enough to kind of post an ad for our podcast on there. So if anybody's listening to that uh, from that, thank you and thank you, Matt, for that. Was uh, he was really nice. He and I, I talked on over uh, Messenger a little bit, and he seems like an awesome guy. Um, it, it, it's a really that's it's a, great. It's a, yeah, a great podcast. Thanks, you guys listen to it. Uh, yeah, definitely. And speaking of other support we have and other things, uh, we would like to thank Teddy's Atlas for the use of our theme song, Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. Dude, dude. Um, I, what was I doing the other night? But I thought, oh yeah, I was playing code names with a group of friends and I accidentally said Toronto was the capital of Canada. I know. So I'm sorry, Canada. It is Ottawa. That is your capital. Okay. So that's that. I don't believe we have another movie in the pipeline just yet, so we'll have to get yeah. that squared away. For that. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. So that's that. So any closing uh, thoughts? Don't watch this movie. Like don't don't just don't, don't watch, watch this, this movie. Just don't. Just listen to this podcast this, again. This podcast is over two hours. Okay. So we'll, we'll All have right. To cut that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and you guys have a great day. See you later.